"'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the land Fox News warned its viewers of a dastardly plan. The liberals were launching their war on the season to get rid of Christmas and commit acts of treason, removing decorations out of their sight and telling you that Santa and Jesus ain't white. Environmentalists will come right after your soul. They hate all things Christmas, especially the coal. They'll sneak in your house all dressed in their flannel and instead give the bad kids some new solar panels. They'll take up all decorations that please us. They'll even go after tiny baby Jesus. Now all these Fox lies cause such a frustration. Who would save us all from this misinformation? When live from the net there came lots of chatter. Could it be old Saint Nick or perhaps someone fatter? Broadcasting from New Orleans down in Louisiana, it was none other than Liberal Dan, coming to save the holiday season, busting through their lies with facts, logic, and reason. But I cannot do it myself, he exclaimed, so he called other groups, each one by name. On Christians, on Muslims, on Wiccans, on Jews, on Hindus, on Buddhists, and atheists too. Let's all spread the word and tell them indeed that there's no war on Christmas, just one on greed. So instead of joining this manufactured fight, listen to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you are listening on blogtalkradio.com and you're signed up for your free blogtalkradio.com account, you could always join us in the chat room. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Sign in for, with your free account. And go to the episode page and go to the bottom and you can join us in the chat there. Or if you're watching live on YouTube, you could also uh, join us in that chat as well. And remember, if you're watching live on YouTube, give a like, uh, share the video with your friends and make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter or in the comment section again here on YouTube as well. Um, we are uh, been a little busy this, this past weeks or so getting ready for the holidays with my son's birthday. I now am a father of a teenager, uh, so I now feel old. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I was, I, I was not expecting just, you know, like, oh, teenager. And, and of course, you know, as soon as he hits teenager, he starts getting more angsty or moody or whatever but you know it is wait hold on i'm sorry it's not my job it is what it is <laughs> thank you donald for helping me out it's only science i guess you get um we're not gonna be doing headlines this week there is a bunch of stuff to talk about uh wow i mean i was very tempted to make uh madison cawthorn this week's hypocrite of the week because Mr. Family Values and all that other junk uh, is getting a divorce for his wife. Imagine that. Madison Cawthorn. Um, they, uh, I don't know how much luck 
he'll have in the courtroom when it comes to the uh, when it comes to determining you know the the divorce settlement. Uh, he might make some arguments, but well, he might not have any legs to stand on. Anyway. And you know what? He's an ugly person and he's a Nazi, so I don't give a crap. <laughs> I will make those jokes because he is a Nazi and I don't give a crap. I uh, did not see that coming. You, did you not see that coming? I did not see that coming. Um, <laughs> there's a tweet about it. Dear Mrs. Cawthorn, when I said until death do us part, I was kidding. I want a divorce in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Hilarious. Ugh. Anyway, so we got the Omicron variant bearing down on America, on uh, the rest of the world as well. Um, some say it's just as harmful as Delta. Some say it's less harmful than Delta. But here's the thing, and, and this, this is one of the things that especially conservatives, a lot of conservatives don't get this one. Uh, some might. That's fine. If you do, good. Good on you for understanding this. You know, the conservatives who don't understand this when the pandemic is over, I want to play poker with you because y'all don't seem to understand odds. All right. So let's say you had an ex- you had a choice, and the choice was you could have, let's say the Delta variant had a certain amount of infectiousness, infectiousness, and a certain amount of uh, a certain rate of death involved with that variant, all right? Whatever that those numbers might be. Now, let's say some, let's say Omicron was, I don't know if it is, but let's say Omicron is three times as contagious, spread three times as fast, or as easy, or whatever, and it's only half as deadly. Which would you rather? As an individual, you might want the Omicron variant because it's less deadly if you catch it. But if it's half as deadly, but it spreads three times as fast and three times as contagious, well, that means that even though you have half the deaths per case, you're having three times the cases, which means your deaths are going to go up by 50%. Do you understand that, conservatives? Do you understand what that means? I don't think you do. I don't think you quite understand those concepts. So, and then, of course, you have the people who, and, and then even if you do catch it, you know, if it's more, if it spreads easy, more easily, you're giving it more vectors of transmission and you're giving it more opportunities to mutate, which could create a worse virus. And conservatives seem to be under the false impression that mutation can't happen in a way that makes something more deadly because that's absolutely not true. It can happen that way. Now, does, is it beneficial for a virus if a virus was a, you know, thing that had a mind and could control itself and how it uh, spreads across the planet? Uh, would, would, would one want to make it so deadly that it, you know, kills off the host and no longer has the opportunity to spread? Clearly not. But before it happens, before it dies out, it, if, if it gets deadlier, it could kill more people before it dies. So that's the thing. But they seem to have no problem. They're, they'd probably be happy with it. Oh, well, let's let it become more deadly so it kills off just the last people and boom, and then we don't have it anymore. But there's so many variants. I'm sure there's more variants that we don't know about right now because, again, people are being stupid by doing things that they shouldn't be doing. I mean, 
Come on. Anyway, so that's that's one thing to, to be discussed today is is you know the idiocy of conservatives on on COVID. But I do have a couple of bits to play this week. I, I because last week was my son's birthday, I decided to not do a podcast and instead spend time with my family as one would do. Um, which means you didn't get a hypocrite of the week last week. But far be it from me to let y'all deal miss a hypocrite of the week. So y'all get two. Y'all get last week's and this week's. So let's go ahead and play last week's hypocrite of the week first, and we'll go from there. Last week's Hypocrite of the Week was Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, who asked for aid after the tornado decimated part of his state. Rand Paul voted against disaster aid for Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Puerto Rico, and California. Aid for me but not for thee is a recipe of hypocrisy. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Band Radio, talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there you go. The tornado was was terrible, terrifying. There are lots of things to discuss about the, the tornado. I mean, there were people who were told that they would not be able to leave or else they might lose their jobs if they left their work for the tornado and then they died. I mean, this is the pro- one of the problems with capitalism. Now, you might say, well, you know, I don't want to not do capitalism, but, you know, unregulated capitalism is a problem. And look, you know, if you're like a company like Amazon selling all sorts of widgets or all sorts of things that are, you know, might not be necessities, you know, I don't necessarily think that you need purely, you know, for that to be purely socialistic either, but you you need to have it in such a way that there are regulations that, that would prevent what happened with the tornado. If you're going to be in uh, area that's prone to getting more tornadoes, you need to be able to make sure that your buildings have enough protection for the people that might be in there. And you need to also allow the people to get the hell out if they can't, if, 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 it, if it seems like it's going to be deadly. Let them go. Let them, let them seek safety. You're, you know, you're, as a business person, your number one priority should be the safety and protection of your workers and not the uh, bottom line. But some of these people, they just don't care. Managers, business owners, whatever, they more care about the bottom line, the, the culture of the people who run these businesses care more about the bottom line than they do about the, uh, you know, the lives and the safety of the people who work for them. And that's a sad state of affairs. Now, I mean, this has been par for the course, you know, for years, you know, people going deep down in the coal mines and, you know, dying of black lung and people, you know, working in dangerous conditions and not having, you know, proper safety measures. Because making a buck is more important than the safety of the people who work for you. And they'll always try and find a way around it. Look at the Macondo oil well explosion. 
Deepwater Horizon, in the Gulf of Mexico. They cut corners. They didn't want to put in a $500,000 part. Killed 11 people. Killed the, destroyed the livelihood of many Louisiana and other Gulf fishermen because the oil was just permeating through the Gulf. Making it so that, you know, the, the, the environment becomes more toxic. But no, you know, these people like Senator Joe Manchin, and we're going to go there, want to protect the big energy companies who have no problem, again, with working people and making them sick and causing communities to be sick. And part of the Build Back Better plan helps eliminate some of this pollution that was there. It helps clean up towns that have been affected by it, helps prevent future harm, and trains people to maybe go into other businesses when it comes to, you know, if we move away from coal, it trains them to work in other industries, perhaps greener electricity, greener energy type industries. And the union that's in charge of, I guess, the union over like the coal field workers wants the bill passed. They want their workers to be able to get money to be able to train for other fields so that when coal goes away, that, that their employees are going to be able to be well-trained to be able to handle these new jobs that are going to be coming their way. But no, Joe Manchin is standing firm against it. And, you know, it's got to the point where people like myself will be like, well, what, what is it that Joe Manchin has? Hey, Daily News, uh, what is it that Joe Manchin, where does he hang his hat as a Democrat? Like, what policy issue does Joe Manchin hang his hat on to be able to say, oh, yes, I am a Democrat. I can't find any. Now, does that mean I want him to not be a Democrat? No, because I like being able to say Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell when I do my Hypocrites of the Week, when he is the Hypocrite of the Week. More on that in a little bit. Um, I see you on the, on the line, caller. I will – oh, they have a new – it's a new hand-raised graphic on Blog Talk Radio. It's a much bigger hand. It looks like a zombie reaching up from the ground like, ah. So that's hilarious. Anyway, uh, but we have a caller. We'll get to you in a second, I promise. Um, but – yeah, I mean, I don't want him to become a Republican. I don't want to allow Senate Minority Leader – I'm sorry, I should say it – Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. I don't want him to be Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell again. I want him to be Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, um, especially if there's a situation that would require Biden to have to replace the Supreme Court justice before the end of this term. But I still want to know, where does he hang his hat? How does he say – you know, I'm a Democrat, and this is why. I would love to hear it. I'd love to understand why. I'd love to know, because you're not supporting working people. The working people in your state support this bill. West Virginia support many of the measures in this bill, like two to one. But he won't do it. And people are like, oh, well, you can't be hard on Joe Manchin, because that might just cause him to leave. No, I'm going to be hard on Joe Manchin, because Joe Manchin's being selfish. Look, I have no, I understand the idea of you are like the 50th vote and using that leverage, using that power to leverage, you know, the bill and say, look, well, I want this too, or or let's remove this from the bill because I don't think that will be palatable to the people in my state. But he's not even doing that. He's, he's, he said, I want it to be this number. And they gave him that number. He's like, well, I don't want these things. So he's just dancing around. 
come up with something that the people in the Democratic Party are going to support from all sides, the progressives, the pragmatic progressives, the, the, the liberals, the, the moderates, and the conservatives like you, Joe Manchin, come up with something that's going to be able to pass. Because one thing that you're not going to be able to do when 2022 comes around and you don't allow Biden to have some wins is you're not going to be able to call yourself, you know, you're not going to be able to chair a committee. You're not going to be able to do anything because you'll be in the minority party again because you're not allowing Joe Biden to be able to implement the things that he campaigned on, which allowed him to get the presidency which allowed Warnock and Ossoff to win in Georgia to be able to have the Democrats retake the Senate, which if you would have asked me, I would have never expected that to happen, but it did. And now you're wasting your party. Daily News says, Dan, Germany turns back to dirty coal and natural gases. Millions of its solar panels are blanketed in the need, But you need a hybrid type of a system. Especially as you, as you, it's not like we're going to shut off coal and we're going to turn on solar panels and that's the end of it. But we need to start moving in the direction of cleaner energy if we're going, if we don't want to see more and more hurricanes every year, if we don't want to see more and more, you know, environmental issues every year. We don't want to pollute our waters and our air. Let's go to our caller who is on the line who has been holding for about four minutes. I appreciate you, caller. Where are you from? Uh, New Jersey. Hey, how's it going today? I'm hanging in there. Well, thank you for calling. What what have you got to say today? Okay, well, it's going to be an awkward call probably for you. I don't know. I don't. I haven't listened to the show before. Okay, well. But, uh, oh no, go ahead. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the awkwardness. I mean, I accept calls from both sides of the aisle or many all the different sides. So, so I welcome people who disagree. So, but I'll just let let's hear it and we'll we'll see how awkward it is. I'm usually I'm usually considered a conservative, um, okay. a Trumper, a Trumper if they will, um, mostly libertarian, trying to find the the actual middle of the aisle where this country needs to exist. Sure. Um, I understand everybody's pissed at Joe Manchin because he's con- he's the most moderate Democrat there is. Is he, is he moderate or is he conservative? No, he's not welcome in the conservative party. Okay, why is that? I, I would like to hear. Like, I'm trying to figure out why he's oh, okay. a Democrat. So if he's not conservative, I'd like to know why. I, well, no, he, he's only worried about big business and big money. Okay. I could care less about that guy as a, as a pretty much 99%. I'm a libertarian myself, uh, or what they call an anarcho-capitalist. Okay. So I do believe in capitalism. Um, I do believe in anarchy too, as well. So that's that's a it's a good a good duo that I got going on there. Look, that's fair enough. I mean, I understand that that's that happens. I mean, I know there are people who are like that, so it's cool. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I I'm questioning how it. I would I would love to have. I can potentially have a show where, where we we could discuss. The, the, where, where you see the benefits of anarcho-capitalism would be and where I might be concerned about it. But, um, you know, but you have more yeah, well, on Manchin? I, I, or... I, I, 
I know what Manchin is doing because he's doing the same things that they're doing in our party. And, you know, technically, you know, according to everybody, like I said, I'm a Republican. I'm really not. Right. I'm a libertarian. Okay. Okay. But whenever I, because I backed Trump uh, in the second election, not in the first one, I backed him in the second election because I saw how good um, the economy was working. I enjoyed it a lot. I like guys like DeSantis. I like people that are stepping up and being a little ballsy. Uh, I don't like the rhinos, um, you know, the the Mitch McConnells and the, you know, especially, you know, Cheney. You know, they're all awful. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting. Like, like I, I don't, you don't hear of, I don't hear of many people who were like no for Trump in 2016 and yes for Trump in 2020. Like a lot of, I've, I've heard more people who were yes for Trump in 2016 and no for Trump for 2020 because they, they, they thought, okay, I made a mistake. Um, but no, like, no, you know, I, went the, I went the opposite way. I, I liked the way the economy was going. I like how, how my stocks were turning out. I liked my gas prices. I liked, uh, I liked the cost of living. I, I thought it was going very well. But you, you know, one of the reasons that the gas prices went down, especially towards the end of the, his presidency, was because of the fact that people were staying home more and using less gas because of the pandemic, right? Uh, no, they were, they were way lower before the pandemic, dude. Uh, and I know because I've, I've taken, you know, I've driven down before the pandemic. I've, I, I drove down to D.C. to uh, to to go have a have a one off with a couple of communists. OK. You didn't have I to go down drive down to D.C. Point. again on January 6th, huh? Yeah. <laughs> OK, just, just, just checking. No, I was in a hotel 2.2 miles away. Ah, nice. And I have proof. The feds will, the feds will even get – I can get, show you the paperwork. Nice. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. They um, came and picked me up. And they were like, oh, we found you in D.C. by your phone. And I was like, yeah, it was two miles away. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm, also, I'm interested in the idea that of when people say that Mitch McConnell is a rhino. So, so what makes Mitch McConnell a rhino? Like um, – his 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 voting history mostly. Okay, I would so, say so him, the, back, the, him, him, him backing up idiots is a problem. I mean, there are idiots on both sides. I mean, there there. I mean, well, exactly. I have problems on both sides. Well, there's there's. I mean, if somebody backed who I forget the guy's name, but there was the guy that was worried about Guam flipping over or something like, and he was a Democrat. Um, I'm. I wouldn't call somebody a, a, a dino because they backed that guy. You know, yeah, he, he's an idiot, but I, I don't think that, you know, that disqualifies oh, oh. one as being a Democrat. Like, I think Manchin's a yeah, dino. He, 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 as being a libertarian, these aren't a member of my party either. So I, I just sure. don't like any – I'll be honest with you. I, I don't like politicians, especially uh, uh, political parties that have been completely backed by – awful organizations uh and awful industries well, i mean that we can all that would be both parties do. that would be both parties yeah, exactly. sure that's what they do so it's kind of it's kind of hard it's, it's 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 like trying to pick a fight but but you want the ref to win well it's like the it's yeah. like the being a new orleans saints fan myself it's like the, it's kind of like the the super bowl between the patriots and the falcons like who do i root for or who do i root against you know, 
ultimately ended up rooting yeah. against the Falcons, even though I hated well, Tom Brady. Um, but well, me, me being a Raiders fan, that's kind of like uh, me. <laughs> Me asking everybody to ignore all the criminality that's going on and just let my people win. <laughs> anyway, so um, so okay, but like, what about the call was going to be awkward? Like, I'm still not necessarily don't feel that it's awkward. I mean, clearly we disagree on issues, but you know, well, you I know, mean, when, when you see liberal Dan, most people don't like. Listen, I, I've, I've, I've been on the Trump side for, for quite a long time. I like Ron DeSantis a lot. I really do. Wait, what about, what about, I mean, is it just because DeSantis pushes back against Biden? Like, you know, DeSantis, I mean, oh, Florida yeah. has had some serious problems when it comes to COVID. And, and DeSantis, I think, has been a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to, they you know. No, they have no problems when it comes to COVID. They have the really? lowest, They have the lowest mortality rate in the entire country. I mean, they have the hot. They have they're one of the higher spikes right now of of COVID, and a couple a couple people got the sniffles. Not 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 more more than just a couple of people. Uh, let's see, COVID. Well, it's just the sniffles, dude. I mean, I've had it twice, and now the Omicron is not bad at all. That's the good thing about uh, herd immunity, natural immunity, is that when when a virus mutates. It becomes less uh, less effective. It wears down. But see, were you listening the entire show? Because that's not always the case. There are there are viruses that do mutate and become more deadly. Not Omicron. Well, I mean, not maybe not Omicron, but you know, we we still don't know what the necessarily the de- okay. what there has been a death from Omicron, so it's not completely not deadly. Um, however. Death. Okay, there's been there's been at least a death that's been reported. We don't know how if there will be more or not. Um, but generally speaking, like you know, just because something is less deadly doesn't mean that it won't kill more people. Because if it's more if it's more contagious than it is if, if its increased contagiousness is more than the decrease in deadliness, then it could then kill more people. I mean, do you do you well, agree with that idea? Um, no, no, I don't. I I believe that. It, it can get more people the sniffles and, and slightly so, sick. I'm not talking about Omicron. I'm just talking it, about viruses in general. If you have a virus that's fifth, that's three times as contagious as the previous virus, as the previous variant, and half as deadly, do you not think more people are going to die? It, the math it, says that it will. The, it's, it, it's getting similar to the common cold. That's okay, I'm talking generally here. I'm talking about general, generally speaking. I'm talking. I'm not talking about Omicron. I'm talking generally speaking. If a virus is three times as contagious and half as deadly than the previous variant, does do you think more people will die? You, you still don't think more people oh. will die if three times as more? Mathematically, if, if, if you want, if, if mathematically, if you want to put it that way, yes, I would have to say yes, just to, to not sound ignorant. Okay. So yeah, but that's not; those aren't the actual numbers. It's it's three times more contagious and a hundred times less deadly. And you won't say that though. You're saying I, half I, as I, deadly. I, I'm saying as a general, as a general talking about a virus. Okay. I, I don't think we know enough about the Omicron to know specifically how deadly it's going to be. We don't, we don't we don't know we don't know anything about the Omicron because I know that people are getting test, testing positive for Omicron, which even though there is no actual test for the variant. Right well, now, you know, they're still running the original test. They, they're still not running the – they still haven't figured out the Delta 
variant test, they're still testing just for, for coronavirus. Well, they're testing, for, they're testing for COVID. When, when they test you for COVID, you say, hey, you have COVID. And then, when they, then they send those to the labs, and the labs can determine via those genetic markers that, that, and say, okay, this virus in the lab now. So they're not going to be able to – they're not going to tell you you have Omicron or not, but they're going to say, look – you, these, there are more cases of Omicron being found because we're comparing the genetic sequencing of this test of this virus that we tested to the virus that was to the variant that was found. But they still haven't caught up on the Delta variant yet. So they're, now they're just saying that you have this yet. There's still no no actual diagnosis of, for the for the Delta yet. Well, there's no di- no there's no diagnosis for the individual, but you can still track it in the lab. Like you can still track. What te- how many tests are coming back when you when you send them in to the lab? Like your your test comes back like you get a rapid test. It okay. says okay, so, so the you Omicron, have COVID. The Omicron is coming back high. It's it's the it's the highest spreading one at the moment. Yes. Really, because no, because you can't get tested for it, so you don't know what anybody has. Because now I can still test positive for I had COVID twice. I had it in March of 2020, and I had it in April of 2021. And there's no way to tell the difference between the two. If in the individual, there's a difference between the individual test and then the people that bring it back to like the labs and do more studying on the, on the genomes. Cause they can do that. Like there's two different oh, things. Really? Oh, there's, okay. there's me getting the swab and me being told I have COVID. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be Delta or alpha or Omicron or whatever, but then there's, you send that sample back to, you know, the the you know the CDC or wherever it goes, and then they look uh, they do the genetic sequencing and say okay now okay so these amount of tests that have come back these are tests these are showing the genetic sequence that matches the Omicron variant so therefore this is the Omicron versus the Delta so they can determine how many well, of these the tests CDC are coming back as Omicron or not they're just not telling they're just, they're just not breaking it down at the at the micro level to the individuals like you can't test for an individual and say you have Omicron you have Delta but they still can determine it in the lab once when they get all the samples in. They can start running tests on all of the samples and say, okay, these tests are these fifty percent of these tests are Omicron, X percent are Delta, X percent or whatever. That that's that's how it works. Well, the, the, the CDC even said that they don't they they can't differentiate between the two variants. You have a link so, for that? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I can I can easily send it to you. Yeah, they they don't mm-hmm. have it. It's not a real thing. I mean, it it sucks. Listen, I I think everybody should protect themselves. I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, you know, this is all fake. This is all horseshit. Pardon my French. That's fine. A little bit of cursing is okay. Not too much, but, you know. Yeah, but but, but I I, I don't – I'm not going to trust people who say we don't know. They don't know what it is. There's no way that they can know what it is, and they've admitted they don't know what it is. They just know that there's a new variant because they found out out of South Africa and they had 12 deaths in the UK and we're going to call it the Omicron. This is a new variant. It's different because what it's doing is it's beating their, it's beating the pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, it's beating their, their, their vaccine. It's beating their boosters. So they have to rename it. I'm sorry. It's the same thing. I mean, they're all COVID, but it's it's but they, you can have variants of of a virus. I mean, it happens. It, it's it's not. It doesn't mean that they're being false because 
So, so there, when when do the boost when do the boosters stop? When the Greek alphabet runs out? I mean, when do you stop taking flu shots? I mean, I don't know you might not take flu shots. I don't I've know. Never, I've never. I, I will not take a flu shot. Well, first of all, I'm allergic to uh, to the egg that's in flu shots. Okay, and and that's fine. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, but as somebody who's allergic to the, I guess the albumin or whatever in the flu shots, um, you, you should, you should be hoping that more people around you, you know, do get the vaccine, do get the flu shots I, because. I could, because I could, that, I that would care, help protect you. Hmm? I could I could care less, and I would figure um, that's something that we can agree on both sides of the aisle, that we don't trust big corporations. I thought that was one of the great things on the left, is that you don't trust big corporations. Oh, no, I don't these trust shots, them at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't trust By big corporations, dude. They are, but, you know, there's, you know, big corporations also produce food and you know i'm not going to not eat food because a big corporation has made it i mean uh, well listen i i love big corporations too they make tires and they put them in my cars they're fantastic people right but big corporations i i, I don't trust big corporations which is why i believe that we need you know regulations and other sorts of rules to make sure that you you try and prevent as much harm ahead of time versus because there are, as as has been shown many times businesses couldn't care less about you know the damage that they cause because the CEOs of those companies could just you know use their golden parachutes. They're already rich, so they don't need to worry about it, and they have this barrier of the corporation that prevents most of them from seeing any lick of damages from the harm that they do. Sometimes they're you're able to pierce through that corporate barrier that you know if if they if they act significantly scummy enough, but. Most other times you end up having situations where, you know, they, they do horrible things. They poison the environment. They, you know, kill people. And then the, the CEO gets the, you know, the big $10 million severance bonus or more and stock, you know, incentives. And they just fly off into the sunset and not, not caring about who they've harmed. So that's, that's the type of thing, you know, that's, I guess, multiply my issue with like anarcho-capitalism is that, how how does how do those corporations you know how how do you rein in those corporations in like an anarcho capitalist society if how do you prevent it's it, it, it's very easy you don't you don't uh need or purchase their products and it puts them in an, into a position where they have to do the right thing so like right now say with the uh like there's there there were there were three major uh, vaccine producers. Now there are mm-hmm. only two. Well, supposedly there's going to be a there's going to be a third supposedly. <laughs> yeah, but they, what happened? What happened to the third one? The original one. The Johnson and Johnson. What happened? What happened? To or the AstraZeneca. People were Johnson, dying. Right. Well, some people, people died. People, like my, some people no, had the blood clot. Myocarditis became a very serious problem. After the yeah. Johnson and Johnson vaccine, but the odd thing is, is myocarditis also took place when when people caught COVID. So <laughs> myocarditis is, is a well, symptom no, of COVID uh, as well it's as so that. It's so funny that it's it's so funny that people that got COVID didn't get uh, any any uh, 
any symptoms of myocarditis, nor did they die of myocarditis. People who got the vaccine got myocarditis. I saw reports that there were like college athletes who could no longer participate in sports because they got COVID and then had myocarditis, so they couldn't compete anymore. So I, I saw that earlier I, in the pandemic. I, I've never seen that. I'd love to see that, but I, I, I don't believe you on that one. Okay. Uh, let me let me see if it, I can pull it up. Pretty much, it's pretty much just people that that have gotten that have gotten that shot. Now me, I'm just I'm just getting boost. I've never gotten the original uh, vaccine. I'm just getting uh-huh. boost. I'm only doing it for fun. Wait, you're only getting the boost. You're not getting, but you're not getting the regular. Nope, just getting boosters. Okay. Everywhere I go. I, I'm traveling the country. I'm getting boosters everywhere I go. Wait, so you're just getting so more can... shots? Yeah, just shots I'm... every day. Who cares? I don't. I don't think you're being serious at that point. <laughs> of course, I'm not being. Serious. I mean, it's a serious. right. Okay, but I mean, now I I actually took part in the Novavax trial. So you know, and Novavax has shown to be very successful. They just had some manufacturing issues is trying to get it out there, but. Um, you know, I'm actually going to get boosted on that in January. January 5th is my date of, of getting boosted. But, you know, that was my choice to participate in the, in the, in the trial. Um, but so that's what I'm thinking, that hopefully you'll have a third one um, coming around the corner. And that one's not even an mRNA one. That one's a, a, a different uh, technology. Um, see, according to cardiology advisor, um, uh, adding to the growing list of multi-system effects of coronavirus disease uh, infection, a significant number of cases post-COVID-19 myocarditis has been reported. According to a 2020 review, approximately 5 to 25 percent hospitalized with COVID-19 had evidence of myocardial, indi- myocardial industry. Um, this may pose an extreme, especially high risk to competitive athletes in whom myocarditis is a top cause of sudden death. In light of the development of Big Ten conferences now requiring comprehensive cardiac testing for student athletes before they can return to play after having a COVID nineteen infection, so. Yeah, okay. All right. So, so it's all right. So I, I guess I'm I'm 100 percent wrong. Um, I, you know what? I'm not I'll saying you're wrong. You're wrong that, that it also happens from the vaccines. I'm just saying that it's that that a lot of the people that are complaining about the my or that are that are bringing up myocarditis from a vaccine were never worried about the myocarditis when it was happening because of people getting it from COVID. Well, I'll tell you this, that there's nobody there. There's it's not nobody, but it's so close to almost nobody of people getting COVID and dying of myocarditis. It's people getting the vaccine and dying of myocarditis. Well, how many people have died from the vaccine and myocarditis? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Probably, I don't know, hundred thousand. Let's see, myocarditis deaths vaccines. Do, 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 do. I found one article about one guy. Um, oh, there's, there's there's that that uh that woman that ran that hospital. What was that? Florida. Where she said everybody, everybody that we give the shot to is getting everybody that gets the vaccine is getting myocarditis. Like everybody's getting it, and then she got fucking fired. And so, pardon my French, she got fired and and uh, had to go on stupid Fox News to defend herself because she lost her her career 
over saying, listen, everybody we give the shot to is getting myocarditis. They're getting it like nonstop. She's like, I'm not giving it anymore. Nobody talks about that that lady, that poor lady. Well, I mean, but if she says everybody, and then, and it's not necessarily everybody, let's see. Although rare, my acute myocarditis can also occur after vaccination, such as with the vaccine against smallpox, or more recently, vaccines against COVID-19. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The risks of acute myocarditis associated with SARS infection and after COVID vaccination has it uh, gotten COVID or intense social media attention. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's trying to see um, right, well, emergency... well, I mean I mean I'm, that's not her website is it no it's not her website I'm, I'm just it's it's nature.com no, which is a... she's a registered nurse she's she was on video saying I'm not giving this thing anymore because everybody I give this thing to is getting my it's it's getting bad Okay, the incidence of COVID-19 associated cardiac industry in injury or myocarditis is estimated to be 100 times higher, 1,000 to 1,400 per 100,000 people with COVID-19 than that of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine-related myocarditis. Uh, furthermore, in contrast to the overall mild presentation with good outcome of vaccine-associated myocarditis, COVID-19 is associated with major risk of cardiovascular complications. Um, among patients with COVID-19, 10% so, of outpatients and 40% of out hospitalized patients had significant myocardial injury, mostly in the absence of clinically significant coronary heart disease. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the this article seven. Do, 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 do. Let's open that one up. We just let what this woman saw. We just let it go fall by the wayside, right? Okay. Well, I mean. It's possible, like, you can see, like, maybe she just happened to see a, a – you can get have dumb luck and see a bunch of myocarditis. That doesn't mean, well, like, anecdotal, she, ev- she, anecdotal evidence she, isn't proof. She quit so, her career because she saw it firsthand. <laughs> That's, I mean, you got to give her that. She quit her career because she saw it firsthand. It's a problem. Do you remember her name? Now, whether it is, whether it is, or whether it isn't. How about this? I don't, I'm never getting the the vaccine. I'm never getting a booster. Why am I? Why? Why? Why am I a bad person because of that? Well, I mean, are you allergic to those? Just like you would be allergic to the to the flu. I assume so, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk it. I mean, well, here's the thing. It's like I'm not going to criticize anybody who cannot take the vaccine because of a doctor's advice for not right, taking well, the vaccine. Let's pretend, I'm, let's pretend I'm not allergic to it. But if you're not allergic to it, you know, there's, you know, look, I, I'm never going to be the one that advocates to hold you down and force a shot in your arm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to support that. You know, there's, there's other people who might, I, I don't necessarily necessarily support that. Uh, however, you know. Hey, you're the not data friend. data has shown the data has shown that you know when you're you're less likely to catch it if you if you if you're vaccinated if you do catch it you're less likely to have serious injury or ho- or hospitalization and if, even if you do happen to be one you, who does get hospitalized you're less likely to die does that mean you're not going to die no does that mean you does that mean you you're not going to be severely hospitalized no but you're just less likely to have those things happen to you. And if you're less likely to get it, you're less likely to spread it. Uh, you can still spread it, 
but you're less likely to spread it if you're less likely to get it. From what I've seen, the duration of the infections, if you're vaccinated, are shorter than the durations without the vaccine, without being, I'm not even going to say without the vaccines, I'm going to say without having previous, you know, having the antibodies. So, which brings, there's the Israeli study that says that if you have it, you're, that you have protection, at least for a little bit, you know, but that same Israeli study also says that if you ha- if, if you've had it and then get boosted, you will have even more protection than if you don't. So according to even to that study, which many conservatives like to talk about, you're always better off get on the whole getting the vaccine than not. Furthermore, it you know even if even if you weren't any less likely even if you weren't even if even if you didn't want to take that risk for yourself let's say okay you're you want you want to try and you know get herd immunity if you will which i mean you say you had it twice so if you had it twice then that means that your your first infection didn't protect you from your second infection but here's the thing doesn't matter i was only sick for about three days total okay I mean, I think I was, I think, I think I caught it in January of 2020 before they even had tests. Um, Cause my doctor oh, told were, me that I had a, you were, you were, you were in before it was cool. Yes. I, I'm a hipster when it comes to COVID. Um, but the other thing is, is that you have also the, the, the situation, if, if you can't get, if you can't get the vaccine or even if you're refusing to get the vaccine, there's still other things you can do to prevent spread if you choose to do if you choose to do those things and a lot of the people that tend to be against the vaccine are also against things like masking and social distancing and stuff like that and what all of these what all of these people do and and and, and you know if you were like look I'm not going to take a vaccine but I'm also going to stay home when I can I'm going to mask I'm going to be socially distanced I'm not going to be otherwise irresponsible during a during a pandemic but but the people that tend to be anti-vaccine also tend to be anti-mask, anti-social, anti-social distancing. They want to just get everything back to normal and do all of these events that are going to cause the virus to spread even more. And if you're going to have more people getting sick, you're going to get more hospitalizations, which is going to put a, I mean, yes, Omicron is, is big right now and might have less hospitalizations, but there's still Delta out there and people with Delta are still going to the hospital. And there's, and, and, and if you, swarm the hospitals that means that the people who would otherwise need the hospitals to for other symptoms that are not COVID related they can't get they can't get the treatment that they need because the hospitals are overrun with people who have COVID patients I remember when we when we evacuated from Hurricane Ida I remember this specifically when we evacuated from Hurricane Ida and had we, we went from Louisiana to Georgia um when we drove through Atlanta Alabama Alabama at the time had negative 11 available ICU beds. And the reason it's negative 11 ICU beds is because they were using 11 non-ICU beds as. I let let you go for, I let you go for a while. It's it's my show, but go ahead. (laughs) You got to be realistic. Mm -hmm. The the reason why uh, there's a hospital uh, issue right now is because of not shortages of beds because there are no shortages of beds. There have they haven't been a, a shortage of beds since last summer. The, sh- the the problems with the hospital right now is shortage of medical personnel because they're firing everybody for not getting the the vaccine. And that's 
when medical personnel refuses to get the vaccine, that's an issue. When people that work in the medical industry go, hell no, I ain't putting that thing in my body, and you lose 700,000 medical personnel in a matter of a month, I'm sorry, that's an issue. Well, when we were evacuating for Ida, that was not at the point yet where they were firing people for not having the vaccine. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Ida, dude. What? I'm not talking no, about Ida. I, I know I'm you're not talking, talking about, about right Ida. Now. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the time frame when that happened. I was what, during that time because I, I remember it. That's why I remember it so succinctly in my head is because of the fact that we were traveling through Alabama when when Alabama had negative 11 beds. Atlanta, Alabama yeah, had but, negative 11 ICU beds yeah. because but not the, because of the, the shortage the bed, because the of bed availability right now has nothing to do with Ida. The better to do with people quitting because they don't want to get the they don't want to get the jab, dude. But there's a, there's These a limited amount of hospital beds in this country. There's there's a limited there's a limited amount of hospital beds in this country. So yeah, there might be some people in medical in the medical field who might you know say, okay, I'm not taking this jab or whatever. Um, there's many many more who do. These, these are like the outliers. These are like the you know, That's not do, do you have any evidence to back that up? Oh yeah, I can. I we can go to the hospital right now in New Jersey right now. There's beds open nonstop. Nothing but beds. Nobody. Okay, but that, that, that doesn't mean that there won't be beds that are full at some point with another surge with another issue. That's the thing is that the, the more but people the who get sick. Because Florida, if, if, if you want to go by, 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 by public gatherings, by people with no masks, no vaccines, no social distancing, Florida is the number one because they were the first person, first state to put uh, uh, sports back in, in, in full sports arenas. Uh, you know, 18,000 people at UFC events, and they still have the lowest, uh, the lowest rates of, of, of COVID. Still have the lowest rates. Why is that? Latest rapid current case count. We're gonna we're gonna pull that up by state. Um, oh, Florida's got the lowest. COVID per capita rates by state infection rates. So. Let's see. States ranked by COVID-19 test positivity rate. Ugh. Paywall. <laughs> Stupid paywall. Watch, watch the video. Uh, no, no, it's not even a video. It's just. You have to pay to find out who's got COVID. It was on a. It was on a. It was on a particular. It wasn't on a normal site. I thought I was clicking on a normal site that I would click on, but it wasn't. I'll see. Allow all. Expand. Well, according to the CDC, the Florida has the lowest infection rate in the country. Uh, Rates of coronavirus cases in the United States as of December sixteenth, twenty twenty one, by state. Um, Florida is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twen
seventeenth in this on this, but I don't think that's current. Not not bad not bad for a for a state that's that's literally open. But that's I think that's overall. So let's go ahead and see because North Dakota is number one. Um, oh, red course. state, like, Alaska, red state, Tennessee, red there. state, Wyoming, red state, South there's, Dakota, red state. Seven, there's 17 people in North Dakota, and I know nine of them. And by mm. the way, I'm moving to Tennessee next next year. What, getting away from New Jersey or? Oh, yeah, I just want to go someplace where I can just fucking shoot my guns out in the streets like a maniac. Well, that's Chicago, right? Well, no, I'm white. <laughs> ha ha. Um, uh, seven day COVID. I do appreciate your 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 putting down Chicago. Thank you for that. I mean, it's 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 often brought up by conservatives, so you know, there we go. Uh, no, I don't want any place to be that bad. I want every place to be great. I'm not one of those guys who just goes, oh, well, the, the cities are the worst and the states are the worst. No, I think we should all, every everybody as an American should have the same free right to to have a uh, possibility, possibility for advancement. And unfortunately, you don't get it in certain neighborhoods. And there there are many, many reasons why. Um, oh, I know. Oh, yeah, that would that would be like a nice, we would have to do a 19-hour show on that one. Probably. I'm sure we disagree on a bunch. <laughs> uh, but we probably would agree on a bunch too, because I. It's listen, possible I'm not we would. A, I'm, I've had I've had people. I mean, that's I'm total, not a rock I'm, hard total, conservative, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm a libertarian a, as, as much hey, as there is. I've said it, I've said and, on this show many times that I support law-abiding citizens owning guns. I just you know think that there should be you know, universal background checks as well to make sure that they're not going in the right hands and, you know, get rid of the, you know, private sale loophole. But Well, know. that's, yeah, I, I, well, I agree that once you have a pistol, should be your business. God forbid somebody has killed it. If I buy a gun in, in Illinois, in southern Illinois, and somebody's killed with it in a drug deal in, in Chicago, that's my problem. Mm-hmm. That's my gun. I need to I need to be responsible for that. I think the transfer of guns is an is an issue, but uh, as a libertarian, I believe that I have a Second Amendment right. I don't believe anybody should have. Uh, first of all, I'm one of those crazy guys that I, I I don't believe that you should be you should have car insurance. Why is that? Whatever, my business. Okay, so. So no, no, you don't think there should be a requirement to have car insurance? You should, you should be able to buy car insurance if you want it. Yeah, you should if you're if you're a okay. responsible adult. And what happens if you get into an accident with somebody who's not insured? Um, freedom. Sorry, that's the thing. Is that the definition that many people have of freedom puts a lot of other people at risk because of their irresponsible actions. So, cost like, doing, cost of doing business, bud. Well, I mean, that's you could say that, well, but ninety percent, ninety percent of liberals wanted to want, want to completely get rid of not only the police but the government. I don't believe that's so? that's correct. Uh, I, I 
I know that there are people who's. I mean, are you are you trying to cite the people who say defund the police as people who want to eliminate police? No, I know people that want to abolish. Uh, I know people from Antifa personally that want to abolish not only the police and and taxation. They want to abolish the entire government. They want. Well, anarchy. sure, there are, there are anarchists on the liberal side too. I mean, it happens. Yeah, like, well, that's that, that's why that's where you get the difference between anarcho-capitalist and anarcho-communist. Right. I'm sure some of y'all, y'all have, but um, there's really not much difference between the two. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit of a difference. Like, uh, a little as, bit. As, as, a, as a libertarian, I believe that the police are necessary. I believe they should stay out of our business, and I believe that they should not be um, literally putting people in jail for unconstitutional laws. Sure. I agree with that. I don't. I don't believe that any. You know, our our, our prisons. I'm going to quote Dave Smith right now. Our prisons are flooded right now with nonviolent offenders. And we can agree that that's a bad thing. Yeah, nonviolent offenders. Way to treat, it's a horrible way to treat your people. We have the but right. A, now listen, I will never do heroin a day in my life. But as an American, if you want to do heroin, go ahead. I have no problem with you doing heroin, but as as a libertarian, I believe uh, I, we we follow what what's called a a, a, a non confrontational. We believe in non confrontation. That's it. Well, non aggression, the non aggression principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It basically, I'm aware. Non aggression principle, no confrontation principle. It's the same thing, depending on what caucus you you, you talk to. Okay. I have no problem with people doing whatever the hell they want as long as there's no aggression, no confrontation. Don't hurt anybody. Don't take anything that belongs to anybody. And we'll get along swimmingly. The gangs okay. will figure themselves out because they'll run out of, they'll run out of money. The, what, the, the, what, the whose will? The gangs. Okay. They'll run out of money. Very quickly, once once uh, whatever the hell they're they're peddling is is highly available, and I have no problem. Listen, I don't want people to uh, to perish. If you choose to do heroin, I don't care. Go ahead, none of my beeswax. Right, but should you be able to choose to do heroin and then like get in a car? Should that be legal? Yeah. I, mean, I know you're an anarchist. I know you're an anarchist, so so maybe as an anarchist, should there be any law? I guess there would be no laws as an anarchist, right? Well, do, do I have laws to defend myself against people? Like that's, or, or can I just make enough money to move away from where people are doing heroin? I, I mean, I, that's not a, not a hard so the people thing who, to do. So the people who so the people who can't afford to move away from the people who are doing heroin are at that point more at risk. Well, no, they could, well, they figure it out. They, 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 that's, free will. that's my problem. That's that's my my issue with laissez-faire. So you want to do policies. protect the weak? I think everybody should be protected. I, mean, I think that there's there there is a role for government, and the role for government is protecting people from other people or entities. Even protecting other entities from people or entities, you know. So you, t- you, yeah. you take away free will. Now, I do believe in the protection. This is where I this is where I can't stand. Uh, I can't stand on this mountain and scream at you because 
I'm probably wrong in about five things. Okay. I do believe that there has to be some way to protect the people. But you okay. have to be able to protect the freedoms as well. Right, but like let's let, let's let's bring it back to COVID nineteen. So, do you have the okay. freedom? Do you have the freedom to take an action that puts other people at risk from getting sick? How so? Okay, let's say let's say you know you have COVID, right? Let's just say you know you have COVID. Should you okay. have the right? And let's since we don't know what variant it might be, you know, could be Delta, could be Alpha, could be um, whatever Omicron, could be whatever it is. Do you should you believe that you should have the freedom to just go into work as normal, not wear a mask, not socially distance, no. go grocery storing? You shouldn't no, have the freedom to have, do that. If, if you have the if you have the common cold, don't go to work. Right. Don't but, get anybody well, sick. Right. Well, well, that's the thing. People who care, but the, the biggest thing I hear from from people who are from the right. And I'll, I'll, you know, and people who might self-describe as libertarian, who might self-describe as conservatives, now not all of, many of these people say that my health is my business. Like it's not their responsibility to make sure that I'm not sick. No. So even way, way before, way before, way before, um, before the the the, the China flu. Mm-hmm. I would never go to work sick. Because I respect my coworkers, so I would okay. wait until I was I, I would take my time, and, and as soon as I was healthy, then I would go back to work. I wouldn't risk them getting sick, whether it was the common cold, or the flu, or mono, or or, or, or gonorrhea, or whatever I whatever <laughs> I get out. I don't know what kind of work that you do that's going to actually spread gonorrhea to other people, but you know, well, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, Liberal Dan Radio is a sex positive podcast, so. <laughs> I'm very friendly with my coworkers. That, that's very, as long as there's consent involved, I don't care. I'm sure you're, you know, oh, yeah, you're no, the same way. Most, it's mostly videotaped. Well, that should be consented to as well. Um, yeah, but that, that's I work for the, you're I work saying for the you personally, I, I work for you're the saying electric company. You're saying that you personally would not do that, and that's good. And I would not. Oh, I no. would stay home when I was sick either. But but no, but should like somebody people. have? But the, but 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 the thing is, is that. There are people who believe again that it's, it's they they have the right to, to 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 take actions to that that might you know let's say you don't know that you're sick but you're in the middle of a pandemic should 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 you be able to freely do whatever it is that you want even if you might be passing on something asymptomatically with something that we know can be passed on asymptomatically? Well, yeah, but the asymptomatic thing has already been proven horse manure. Who by See, whom? I, I figured out. I figured out a way not to swear. <laughs> I appreciate that, but by whom? It's, it's uh, Fauci. He proved it. He said it. When he said original, originally that asymptomatic people can pass the, the the variant, can pass the virus, and then he came out what like three weeks ago and says, "Oh yeah, no, it, it turns out that no, it's not. That's not how it works." Now it's the problem is 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 the uh, the vaccinated are the problem. The unvaccinated. No, the vaccinated. He said the vaccinated are the only ones that have it and don't know they have it. He goes, there's no asymptomatic thing anymore. He said this. 
I haven't seen that. LiberalBandRadio at gmail.com if you want to send me the link, if you feel like it. Absolutely, but I, I don't – first of all, he's he's – I'm going to say this as for just for the purpose of comedy. He's Italian. I wouldn't let an Italian run a garage sale, let alone a oh, pandemic. Jeez. Wah, wah. Hold on. I'm going to have to put you on hold for a second. You're about to welcome to stay on, but I do have another caller on the line. So let me go ahead and sure. get to that caller. And uh, if you want to, I'll come back to you if you stay on the line. You got it. All right. We have another caller on the line. Who did it be? <laughs> yes. Good evening, sir. My name is Mike. How are you doing? Hi, Mike. How are you? Where are you from? Minnesota. Welcome. Thank you for calling into the show. What, what do you have to say on COVID and all the other stuff we've been talking about that's completely off topic, but I don't care because it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No, well, we'll, we can get on to the issue with the vaccine. Um, you remember, let's go back maybe about five, six months ago, the argument mm-hmm. from people who were wanting, who were ever advocating for vaccine mandates or were pushing this notion that everyone had to be vaccinated Remember, the argument they used to make was those who are unvaccinated are a risk to other people, right, because you can, you can give other people COVID. Remember that? Right. Right. So now we know that that whole thing has pretty much been blown out the water because we've got a ton of fully vaccinated people that are getting COVID and passing to other people. And so I, when it comes to this, I always wonder when people who advocate for vaccines or act like people who aren't vaccinated are a risk to them, isn't the vaccine there supposed to protect you from being hospitalized or dying from COVID? Isn't that the whole point of it? Yeah, the vaccine makes it less likely for people to be hospitalized. The vaccine makes it less likely for people to die. Um, I think okay. that's still true. Um, but, like, up until three weeks ago, my youngest wasn't fully vaccinated. So even though I was fully vaccinated and even though my wife was fully vaccinated even though my oldest child was fully vaccinated my youngest was still not fully vaccinated so i'm going to sit well, here and, you don't mind and me asking, how old is your youngest you my youngest is asking. eight so he he finally okay. he, he he finally did as soon as he was eligible first day we got him his first shot but still first shot doesn't mean fully vaccinated we five five weeks from that point it was when he would become fully vaccinated which was uh two weeks ago i think um okay but, 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 but I, I got a question that, to ask you, though, before okay. we get further down that, because this is, I just want to get a, a general understanding of how you view this, because this is coming from a poll that Gallup put out about a month ago, and it has okay. to do with the issue of how people viewed uh, COVID. So I'll, I'll ask you a question. What percentage of people do you think that once they've gotten COVID uh, need to be hospitalized? What, what, what's the percentage in your mind do you think that is? Hospitalized? Yeah, probably that require hospitalization once they get COVID. I would say probably no more than 5%. Okay, that's correct. Now, what's the percentage of people that die from COVID in general across um, all ages? 1% to 2%. Actually, well, it's less than 1% if you're under 60. But now, when it comes to what is the average age of death of someone from COVID, the average age of death is probably somewhere, what, close to 50, 55? It's 76. Okay, fine. Okay, and now when, specifically to your child, now we're just going to shift to your, your child there. Now, what's the, what is the percentage of children, someone under the age of 12, let's just use that age group, that are hospitalized from COVID? It's very, it's very small, but it got a little bigger with Delta. 
Okay, now what is the percentage of children that die? Well, I'll even make it flip. Let's say what's the survival rate from COVID for children under age of 12? You know that exact number? I don't know the exact number. It's probably over 99% survival rate. Yeah, it's, but... 90, it's 99.998, so it's almost okay. 100%. Now, yeah, the hospitalizations and... is like, we're talking about it's like, we're talking about 99.9, I think, 7 or 99.96. So the, the likelihood that your child, unless they have specifically, unless a doctor specifically told you they're immunocompromised or they have a specific health condition that puts them at risk from COVID, the chance of your child being hospitalized from COVID is almost nothing. It's less than it is for the flu. And even now when I'd ask you, have you looked at any of the risks to your child from the actual vaccine? In like the case of myocarditis, the issues of blood clots, have you studied that at all? Uh, the well, we talked about that earlier on the show, where the risks of uh, the risk of myocarditis that come from COVID infection are about a hundred times or more worse than the risks of getting myocarditis from the vaccine. Um, and those cases of myocarditis from the infection are uh, much more dead, much more harmful than the one than the ones that usually happen from the vaccine, which many times just pass after a while. Um, so, yeah, well, you're referring to adults. I'm talking about for children. The study you're citing has to do with adults. Now, when it comes okay. to children, what the rates of children who get myocarditis from COVID is almost nothing. It's, it's, it's barely even registered. Now, what are, what, are the, what are the numbers when it comes to children getting myocarditis from the vaccine? Have you looked at any of that? I don't know that number. That's off the top of my head. Okay, so did you weigh it all in your mind before you decided to get your child vaccinated? Just ask yourself. Is my child more at risk from suffering some type of adverse reaction from COVID, whether it be hospitalization or worse, versus them potentially getting an adverse reaction to the vaccine? Have you ever asked yourself which one is a higher risk for my child before you did that? Well, I, I did. I did several things that was several things that we had to take into consideration when it came to that. Uh, is, okay. is not is not just the you know the the any any potential harm that might come from a vaccine versus any potential harm, and I'm, I'm thinking more of a you know, I'm, I'm sort of a, a worst case scenario type person as compared to a, you know, as, as compared to, you know, I'm worried, I'm worried more, a lot about the worst case scenario. I do have a situation that also my wife is immunocompromised. Um, and as such, there's not much information on how much even she's protected, even when she has the booster. Now the booster does help her with more protection, but you know, there, there, there's, there's many things that we have to take into, into consideration as our family as a whole to make sure that everybody in our family is protected. Um, and so we felt that, that doing that was the best for, you know, best for my child. And, and, and in Louisiana, I know there's been zero deaths uh, when it comes from the vaccines, and there has been deaths of children and deaths of adults uh, when it comes to COVID-19. So, um, Do you think that maybe the, uh, the, re- the reporting of adverse reactions when it comes to the vaccines have been somewhat underreported for obvious reasons? Do you think that could be a possibility or not even possible? I, I think that anything is possible. I, I don't know how probable it is. Well, if, if, if you include the fact that there's a massive financial incentive, and this ties into the issue of vaccinating the whole population as a whole or trying to get 80 to 90% vaccination, which is, I think the reality, when you look at the studies, the people that are at risk are people over the age of 60, people that are immunocompromised, or people that have certain, you know, health conditions, whether it's diabetes or so forth, that actually need to be vaccinated, and that the majority of the U.S. population does not need to be. Unless, of course, 
your Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson & Johnson or any one of these companies that stand to make a mountain of money off of this whole thing, which they have, and want to and, and have, you know, boosters mandatory year, every year, which the Moderna CEOs already come out and said, which is they're going to be their primary revenue-generating uh, model for their company, which they would have stated to the stakeholders. Did you think at all that maybe this idea of needing to even vaccinate children is all financial and less about people's health? No, I don't. I don't believe that that's the case. I mean, I understand okay, what you so do, you, you that. and that's okay. fine. I mean, yes, yes. Vax, people that make vaccines and people who make medicines are going to do better in situations of you know where where you need their product as where you don't need their product, or you might not agree that the products are needed. Obviously, because you said that you don't believe that most adult Americans under sixty or whatever or children need the vaccine. I mean, I think I'm representing you. Clear, correctly, if I'm not, you can you can correct me. Yes, sir. Um, no, you're, you're, you're good. Okay. Uh, so, because I try and be fair to people who call in the show, especially those who are, you know, disagreeing uh, with what's going on. Um, now, so so do you do you? So yeah, there, there's a lot of lot of people who are older, who you know, especially in the beginning. Um, were, were from COVID uh, were, the, were, were the ones who died. Now, do we, do we believe that? Um, but we, we have seen that, that other people besides old people have died, right? I mean, and, and some of those people were, were, you would look at them and consider them to be relatively healthy, you know, and, and not having, you know, other types of comorbidities that might, might cause somebody to be more susceptible to a virus. Um, and, well, but, not quite. That's not true. I mean, the CDC put out a study demonstrating the fact that just north of 80% of almost all COVID deaths are people that have at least four or more comorbidities. And that they've already stated, and, and I, can, I, I can get you to say I'm on the road right now, but there was, they put out a study stating that only 5% of COVID deaths have been confirmed that were directly deaths from COVID. Almost every other death is reported with death with COVID, which is obviously, you know, there's a difference between the two. Well, I mean, okay. I, mean, I, I hear a lot of people who are against the vaccines and stuff like that are have bring that up. Um, it's just like nobody dies of HIV. You know, people usually die because they get pneumonia because their their immune system is now compromised because of the HIV. So not many people have on their death certificate died. Of right. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not anti-vaccine, by the way. I just want to be clear. Okay. Okay. What, well, what I'm, I'm against. Just, what I'm against is what's 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 been done for financial gain. And why I argue that is the pharmaceutical, okay, the, the, the reason we even have vaccines in the first place is because they were given an emergency use exemption, correct? You're, you're right. That, that's how we were able yeah. to get, okay. Now, in order to get that exemption, there, legally there could not be any therapeutic available for the disease. Without, if, if, they were, if they were therapeutics available that would treat the disease, they would not be allowed to get that emergency use exemption, which would, you know, which was going to stop them from making billions of dollars. So, what we witnessed was a full-scale pressure to, to shut down any form of treatment that was available. Because if any kind of treatment was developed and it was shown to work, it would obviously shut down all, all their profits. So around the world, we saw mass demonization and even outright destruction of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I'm, I'm from Africa. In Africa, we literally had mercenaries going into pharm- pharmacies and burning the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. 
in places like Taipei where they develop hydroxychloroquine in the plant that's used to make it, for whatever reason, those fields and those places have been, burnt, been completely burned out. I mean, a drug that's been FDA cleared used for malaria and a whole host of other drug, diseases, all of a sudden it's been demonized wholesale for what reason? Well, I think, think ivermectin, for, ivermectin, for one, has been demonized. Not, I mean, I've, I can't speak for other people. Um, I, I try not to speak for other people when it comes to stuff. But my criticism of the people who were taking ivermectin uh, were the people who were going into the you know, animal supply stores and buying like the ivermectin for the sheep or for the horses or for the other livestock. And taking right. ivermectin that was that was made for animals and ingesting that into their body and dying or getting right, themselves but we're not, sick. But we're not talking about that, though. Obviously, we're not talking about that. We're talking about but, the well, real ivermectin that you get prescribed from a doctor. Okay, that's what we're talking about. I know. I know people bring up the horse dewormer thing and all that. That's a that's a rabbit trail. We're talking about hydroxychloroquine, which emails. By the way, I want to say this point. It's important to know. Follow these emails because you know we got the FOIA request to actually read his emails. We found from his emails that not only he, but his entire family was taking hydroxychloroquine, not only to treat it, but as a preventative measure for COVID. Okay? So the people who are in the medical field, they know hydroxychloroquine is effective because it targets viral replication, which is a major aspect of how COVID spread. Secondly, another treatment that's out there that's barely being talked about is the primary way you get COVID is if you are in an enclosed space, indoor place with poor ventilation, for more than three hours. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, in that circumstance, you can get a, that's when the virus can then, usually it, it, it incubates in your nose, and it takes a couple of days from that point to then get to the next phase where it's in your lungs and you have a respiratory infection. There are treatments that have shown that if you, for example, let's say you go out tonight and you're in a room, a concert hall, a, a theater, whatever, for three hours, you come back home, if you take, uh, what is that, the, um, the medical term, but you know the, the the it's in the brown bottle. Like I can't, I always forget the name. But you know the the anti um, thing, thing. Well, when you have a cut or you need to use it for mouthwash, anti what is that thing? Hydro- yeah, hydrogen peroxide. Exactly. Hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, okay. that, that name was. Thank you. So if you use that, it mix it with water, and li- and have it go through, like push it through your nose, that it comes down in the throat, rinse out your mouth with the same fluid, and spit it out. That alone can kill off most of the, the virus that you have in your nose at the time. But it's not for me. This is a lot of doctors. I've tied you to Dr. Peter McCullough, who's an epidemiologist who's looked into this and worked really hard to try to come up with treatments for COVID, and he's shown this really helps. Because his emphasis and what this issue I'm trying to get to is that because these vaccine companies were desperate to get that emergency use exemption, they essentially grounded to a halt all research into treatment. That's why if you go to Harvard Medical School, John Hopkins, you go to all the major medical institutions, not one of them have developed the treatment for COVID yet. None of them have. All they even recommend is take remdesivir, but remdesivir gives you kidney and liver failure, which in my opinion leads to why a lot of people die when they get hospitalized. But they have no real treatment that they develop because they had a financial incentive. Remember, these people get grants, they get paid from these pharmaceutical companies and companies underneath them, subsidiaries, that's where they get a lot of their financing from. So there was such a massive financial in, in, in incentive to not to make sure that emergency use exemption would stand. They shut down any research and therapeutics, man. That's why they demonized hydroxychloroquine, even though people like Fauci were using it. 
Well, two I mean, things. Like, ask yourself for a minute. Don't you think that maybe we wouldn't have had 800,000 people die if we had the same level of investment and focus towards therapeutics that we did for the vaccine? Two things. I mean, that's the part that angers me, but go ahead. Yeah, I apologize. Go ahead. All right, two things. Uh, first, oh, I'm not even forget my second thing. Uh, darn it. Uh, but, oh, I think it, this, isn't Pfizer now coming out with a therapeutic that you can take after getting COVID infection? Isn't it coming out now? Like, uh, I believe it was Merck, but, yeah, but go ahead. All right, so that, that is coming out. Um, uh, there's a Facebook post claims that Fauci knew about hydroxychloroquine's ability to treat people with COVID-19, referencing emails from the health director obtained by BuzzFeed and the Washington Post. Uh, the emails do not show him acknowledging its effectiveness. Instead, it shows that he is aware of claims being made by other people about the drug, that he is waiting on the results of a study being conducted on hydroxychloroquine as a possible treatment for COVID-19. Uh, the study was eventually halted after researchers conducted, uh, concluded the drug offered no additional no, no, benefit for treating the virus. Stop we it. rate the claim false. So I don't know where go, you got go, the information. Go, go, and go, again, look look. go look up that study. First of all, let's, let's talk about that study they're citing. That study that they're citing was put up by, by a company who, because I'm on the road and I couldn't give the exact name, that actually sponsored the study. And it was posted in the New England um, Journal for Science. Now, that study was debunked several times by a lot of people. The company that put it out went, just disappeared. No one knows where it came from. It literally popped up right when that study was made, and it, and it went away the minute that study was published. And there's many people that have challenged and said that that company was actually sponsored directly by a whole host of pharmaceutical companies. Because, as I said before, they, you cannot ignore the fact that they had a massive financial incentive to guarantee they get that emergency use exemption. I mean, think about it for a minute here. Let's put aside whatever you think about the vaccine. I know you're, you're, you're a leftist, so you obviously are skeptical of corporations. I mean, that, that's fundamental. Yes, yes absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Okay, so, and, and you guys yeah. know that these people are greedy, and they will, they will be willing to kill anybody to make money. We all, I, and I agree with that 100%. Now, yeah. as you think about this for a second, if you're them, if they don't get that emergency use exemption, they're going to miss out on potentially trillions of dollars here because – if I'm not mistaken, one of them is on the verge of becoming the first ever trillion-dollar pharmaceutical company in the history. Now, the amount of money that they were about to lose out on if they don't get that exemption, do you think that they would all have any, any type of incentive to demonize, whether it be hydroxychloroquine or any treatment, or to shut down any group that was looking to actually develop a therapeutic before they got that exemption? Do you think there would be any incentive to do that? Would there be? I mean... Sure. Yes. It's possible. And I promise you, if we had this discussion 20 years ago, before leftists essentially became friends of the state, back when leftists used to be skeptical of the state like they were when Bush was president, in that time period, if this same thing was going down, I guarantee you, you would be in agreement with me. The only reason you're not is because the left in the last 10 years has completely changed, changed to where you guys are favorable to the CIA all of a sudden, the FBI, the government, the state, you guys are okay with censorship and surveillance, all these things that you guys used to oppose 20 years ago for reasons that, you know, we can get into if you want to. But the fact of the matter is you guys accept the government propaganda without questioning it anymore. I don't know what happened to you guys. You didn't used to be this way, but you are. And I, I think the reason, reason that a lot of liberals have... Skepticism of, yeah, but your skepticism of corporations, which was a bedrock of being a leftist, for whatever reason, in this case, you just throw it out the window. 
I, what I'm saying, what I would say is that while I'm, I'm definitely skeptical, I'm skeptical of both government and of corporations, and I'm, st- I'm, I'm still skeptical of them. Like they, what, the first Liberal Dane Radio patron, patron uh, Demonox, who uh, is sick right now with a cold, unfortunately, otherwise he'd probably be joining in on this conversation. Um, he uh, shout out to Demonox, by the way, appreciate you. Um, I, he uh, he hates Pfizer with a passion, but he's going to take the vac, but he's taking the vaccine. Uh, or he took the vaccine because, you know, of, of the of the risks of not doing so. Um, now, does does that mean that I that I, I I would think and I would hope that there would be enough there there should be a motivating factor to wanting for for any politician um, is is to want to get reelected. I mean that that's what every first term politician wants is a second term, right? We agree on that, right? Yeah. So, so there should be some sort of incentive for for government there to then want to make sure that there is, you know, and, and I trust liberal politicians more than conservative politicians on the issue of whether or not a business should be regulated or how much oversight a business should have when doing things like creating an emergency vaccine for use in a in a global global pandemic. So, I believe that that's probably well, that, where you're seeing. That's, that's not our disagreement. Is. I don't think that's the issue. I'm talking. I'm talking about the fact that each pharmaceutical company blocked the development of therapeutics and was the main engine behind the demonization of anything that could treat people when they, once they have COVID. That's the issue, there. And, and I'm trying to get to see from you that are you okay with the fact that that's exactly what they did? Because if that did not happen, they wouldn't have got that emergency use exemption, and they would not have made the money they did. And see, the only thing that I could potentially, you know, let's just say, for example, that you have work done on a vaccine that's going to prevent versus or potentially prevent versus a therapeutic that treats after you catch the virus, right? I think there's an incentive. Yeah, which is more important? I th- the, the more important is the prevention. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of cure. Of course not. It's, it's the treat is the more important. Well, because there's a small percentage of the population that's even at risk of dying or being hospitalized. So once you get that part clear, then you realize, okay, the majority of the population is not at risk. Therefore, we should then focus on the people that are at risk of dying and make sure that once they have COVID, we have a treatment available for them. No, because every Especially every person who catches it, every person who catches it, regardless of whether or not they have an adverse reaction to, to having it, they're still going to potentially pass it on to other people. There's still more vectors of transmission. Exactly, which, which is why and, we and, need and the, and the, the more vectors of tra- And the more vectors of transmission that you have, the more opportunities you give it to mutate. So No, okay. On that part, I agree. Like, ideally, would be having both things happen at once. For example, develop vaccines and develop therapies. I would agree with that 100%. I'm not anti-vaccine again. I know you want me to be that, but I'm not that. What no, I'm, I don't, I don't want is, you to be. I want you to be. I, I don't want you vaccines. Are. I don't want vaccines at the expense of therapeutics. To where, because these companies have that financial incentive, we have to shut down the whole development or any even even curiosity into any type of therapeutics to make sure that the vaccines would get the emergency use exemption. That's what my problem is. Because I think the reason that so many people died was because of that. Because of the total refusal to actually develop any therapeutics. So that, the, so that these companies could make their money. That's the part I have an issue with. 
I would have to disagree with you on that in, in that that's the main reason. And that's the main reason why we lost 800,000 people. Um, I, if, if we, if we don't have a, if we don't have a treatment, for example, when they were first people were dying, what were the company, what were hospitals doing? They were issuing rem, remdesivir and putting people on ventilation. If, if you go to the hospital right now and, and a doctor and your doctor is going to tell you, we're going to give you remdesivir and put you on a ventilator. You better run out of that hospital faster than anything you do. If you get uh, severe, you are going to suffer acute re- renal, renal failure, kidney failure, liver failure. You're going to die. You're going to go down. That, I promise you. Okay. That is, is a line of reasoning that I don't understand, and here's why. Uh, it seems to, like it's putting – I don't know if cart before the horse is the right analogy or, 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 or whatever term well, I'm, I'm looking I, for. I'm basing it on a CDC study. The CDC even admitted that. That remdesivir oh, but, but, leads to acute kidney and liver failure. And that well, well, it's more of the whole ventilator thing. It's more of the, like, if, if you're on the well, ventilator. Well, the ventilator thing, obviously, is, is just insanity. They were killing people on those things. What do you think was going on? Are, are they killing people with ventilators, or are the people who are going on ventilators so near death that they're likely to die anyway, but the ventilator gives them a shot to maybe not die? That's the thing. Are no, they no, dying because that, of the it, ventilators, it, 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 or are the they? Back, are it's they the backwards way how they went about treating them? Okay, first of all, let's start from the jump. If you call your doctor right now, let's say you become COVID positive, you call your doctor right now, and what is your doctor going to tell you? If you're not feeling any serious symptoms, he's going to tell you to stay home and just ride it out. That's right. what he's going to tell you. That in itself is a problem. Number one, the fact that the medical community has not even come up with a, any type of treatment for people once they get COVID which would help because, remember, the, the hospitalization risk or the, the death risk isn't immediate. That's after about seven days. So that first seven days is the window you have to treat it before these serious conditions kick in. Because, remember, the, the virus first starts in your nose, and then it works its way down into your lungs. And the viral load, if you can deal with it early on, it can reduce the chances of you being hospitalized in the first place, which they don't even treat in, in the beginning, which they, did, where they were not allowed to, because of the financial incentive by these companies to not develop any type of therapeutic and not put that out in the general public. Why? Because they wanted the public scared, ignorant, and they wanted high debt. They wanted that because that would guarantee that the governments around the world would buy these vaccines in mass, which they have, would implement mandates, which they have in a lot of countries, and they're trying to here, which would line the pockets of these companies for the most foreseeable future. I'm just telling you, man, you, you got to, like, I don't know. You knew how the world really worked, right? You didn't buy into this naive nonsense about the propaganda we get in the news, whether it be CNN, Fox, or the matter. It's mostly propaganda put out by corporate interests and government interests. That their, and their interests have nothing to do with us. It's for their own benefit and gain, whether it's the financial gain of the corporations or the gain of power for the government. That's what they're in it for. They're not in it for right. you and I. They were in it for you and I. They would have not allowed the stuff that's put in our food to be put in our food. They would not allow the, the pharmaceutical companies to put the type of stuff in the medications they do. They wouldn't allow doctors to prescribe op- opioids and get people hooked on that. They've clearly demonstrated by their actions. They do not care about us or our health. They're in it for themselves and their power and their money. That's what they're in it for. And okay, I'm, I'm telling you, in this case, with this pandemic, they did the exact same thing. And I'm telling you, that same skepticism that you would have in any other situation, which would be justified, you didn't because of the wide-scale propaganda done through the media 
and the left primarily through CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the anti-Trump bias, which, was, which has allowed you guys to be clouded in your judgment because you've used your emotions. You're not using I think you're reasonably objective in there because you, you can't. I mean, let's be honest. The studies, the data doesn't back up anything you guys are pushing in because the risk is not for COVID, death and hospitalizations is low. There's no need to do all this stuff unless, of course, you're being paid off by these by these companies and they need to, they need you to put this stuff out to the public to mislead the public, scare them to death, convince them they have to be vaccinated or they're going to die, which is what they're doing. I mean, come on, man. Look at the propaganda. How do you not see this? Okay, what I'm going to put you on the left? I'm going to put you on mute a second because I want to be able to make my point. I want to take my first commercial break, and then I'll come back to both of y'all maybe after the break. Um, but I do want to say one thing. A, Liberal Day Radio is not a very profitable venture for me at this point. There is nobody funding me to, to put out any sort of propaganda. So I, I more than welcome more people to come in and buy advertising on the show and, and, and pay for stuff so I can make this be a successful podcast. Trust me. I, I wish I could have that. Not necessarily to – to spread propaganda, but I would love to have more support than I do now. So let's just get that off the table. There is nobody paying me to spread anything. Um, but, but I still, the, the idea to me, which is, which is very, it's, it's a bizarre idea to me. And that, that, that often is made by, by people on the right. I, I often cite Jeff on, on the ringside politics show that, that I listen to a lot. I often cite him and I'll be like, you know, he talked about the whole ventilator rim death severe thing as well. First of all, Donald Trump, who he loves, I don't know if the callers, I mean, first caller did like Donald Trump. Uh, he was the, one of the biggest proponents of rim death severe and ventilators, both. Uh, but if you're so sick that you're needing those, those treatments, like it's the, it's the sickness that's killing you. It's not the ventilator that's killing you. I've heard conservatives say before, if, 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 if a doctor wants to put you on a ventilator, run. Well, if you're not going to get on the ventilator, if, if you're so sick that you're going to have to get on the ventilator, you're probably going to die if you're not on the ventilator because you're that sick that you need a ventilator. So I don't understand the concepts beyond that. Now, as to why I believe that, that you know, interesting point of conversation to bring up as to whether or not, you know, there is incentive for these pharmaceutical companies to squash any potential therapeutic. I mean, you had remdesivir, you had the monoclonal antibody, those therapeutics were, were there and being developed. And now you have another therapeutic that is developed as well uh, that, that, that's being put out that was just announced today, and they've been working on that. Um, now, I think Merck makes ivermectin. Um, so if ivermectin was a treatment that could be used, uh, that could you know, help people, instead of having to spend billions of dollars trying to work on something, I would think that Merck would love to be able to just sell their therapeutic for ivermectin if that really works to help fight COVID-19. Uh, why, ha- why have to spend billions of dollars to sell something when they could just sell what they already have? Just make it and just sell it out, and then they make bank with that. So I, I don't necessarily buy that either. But one of the things that I'm – that just really just, you know – the whole, if, we did, if, if they didn't do this, we wouldn't have so many. No, we wouldn't have so many deaths if Donald Trump would have been a leader instead of wanting to sugarcoat everything, giving everybody li- proverbial diet, diabetes. Ugh, and my freaking YouTube stream is crapping out. Um, I still think I'm fine on, on blog talk radio, but my YouTube stream has decided that it's going to crap out. Um, 
So let's go ahead and take the first commercial break, and we'll come back to that after the break, um, taking your calls as well, uh, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok, and you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Uh, we fixed our YouTube issues, I believe. It is back up. The stream is back up. I'm running on YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio if you wanted to 
pay attention over there. Do want to go back to the blog talk radio chat for a second and just answer some of the questions. Uh, Daily News bringing a boy uh, for New York. They will be in lockdown mode beginning December 26th over Omni variant. Does that mean Omni variant agreed to not enter New York until December 26th? No, but typically a lot of times with these lockdowns that start, they can't just lock down immediately. They have to have some, give some warning. I don't know if that's uh, legislatively required as to how much warning they have to give before a lockdown or if it's just the reasonableness factor of, hey, you know, it's coming, but we can't implement it now or we're not going to demand that you implement it tomorrow. We're giving you a couple of days to implement the lockdown policies. Uh, so that's why, so Dan, your example of people who took actual horse dewormer are anecdotal. So why do you keep using that example? Well, because it happened and because I mock them. That's why I keep bringing that up. It's not, it's, it's not because I want to mock the people who are having a doctor prescribe them ivermectin. I think if a doctor wants to prescribe you ivermectin and you want to listen to your doctor's advice, that that doctor should be able to prescribe you ivermectin. I also believe that if, you, uh, if you're at a hospital and the hospital is like, look, we have to limit our liability here and we're not, we're not seeking – we don't want to prescribe things that are not recommended for COVID-19 as treatment. So, therefore, if, since ivermectin is not considered a uh, approved drug to treat uh, uh, COVID-19, then we are not going to allow it to happen in our hospital. I think that's fine, too. You know, but if, you, if your doctor wants to prescribe it to you and you want to take it, I, I don't think you should necessarily have to get in the way. Now, you know, people will oftentimes cite Do- Donald Trump's uh, right to try uh, legislation that he had passed. Uh, something I agree with, by the way, it's one of the things I agree with, with that Donald Trump did was passing the right to try. Right to try doesn't cover this here because right to try has to at least, you have to have at least had something at least, you have to be able to be able to participate in some sort of FDA approved trial. So you have, you know, ivermectin I don't think wouldn't be covered under the d- law that Donald Trump helped get passed uh, to allow people and give them the right to try uh, potential uh, therapeutic thing. And I think you also have to be like in a situation where you're close to end of life. It can't just be like, Hey, I just got sick with COVID. Therefore I want to use right to try. I think you have to have like some sort of like, you know, advanced cancer or some, some other similar type of form. Um, see daily news. Uh, therefore, if COVID-19 was really that deadly, they wouldn't have and still are sending people home and only when symptoms get worse, go to the hospital. That's dumb. I don't understand what that means right there. Uh, but I do want to go through some of the comments in chat and not ignore one of my faithful listeners uh, weekly to uh, Liberal Day and Radio. Uh, real quick, um, you know, speaking of like science and like the people. Well, first of all, also, I gave a shout out to Demonox. So I give a shout out also to uh, Cesar, my good friend out in California. And, uh, to your boy Chris, all of whom are Liberal Dan Radio patrons, uh, go to patreon.liberaldan.com or patreon.com slash liberaldan and you can support the show. Um, you know, little as three dollars a month. You could buy advertising if you have a business. Uh, you can sponsor bits as well. Be more, love to have more people supporting the show. It would make, it would be wonderful. Um, but you know, if you can't if you can't do it because you know you're having financially hard times, you can't support you know one-time or multiple-time payments, subscribe to Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube and to all my other social media platforms. That's another great way. Share it around. Even if you're conservatives, be like, hey, this guy, Liberal Dan, you know, we might not agree, but he's trying to be reasonable and he's fair and he likes to, you know, he welcomes people from the other side to have debates and conversations. And I believe I've given both of the people who are still on hold, and we'll go back to them, I think I've given them much more time than many 
conservative talk shows would give their callers, their, their liberal callers, and even many liberal shows would give their conservative callers. Because I do want to hear what the other side has to say, if, even if I don't agree with it, because I want to have a better understanding of what the people I disagree with. And hey, maybe they'll change my mind on something. Or maybe after enough conversation, I'll change their mind. And that's one of the good things about conversation. And it's happened before with me. And I've had it happen before in political conversations, and I'd love to see it happen again. Now, before we get back to the phone calls, we do have the two bits I wanted to play. Um, Did I play last week's or this week's already? Uh, I played last week. So let's go ahead and play this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says it will be important to see what will come out of the January 6th Select Committee. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was opposed to a bipartisan commission on the subject. If it was that important, why didn't Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell support it back then? To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Day and Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there we go. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. I love saying Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell as much as possible. Whatever Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is the hypocrite of the week, which happens a lot on the show. Um, And another interesting, you know, I I did also create the words of redneck wisdom. Let's go ahead and camera that out right away, and then we'll get back to our calls. Uh, uh, This is, is, uh, again, sometimes, you know, conservatives don't, some, some conservatives don't do other conservatives any favors uh, when they call in the talk shows and start talking like this. And now, words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. I just kind of want to tell you guys some things that I see that most people don't see. I've never owned a cell phone. I've never owned a computer. But I know how they work. They were designed to keep you guys' face looking down when nobody's looking up. I am talking about this Green New Deal that was signed in in 08 by Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. He, uh, you should never, ever give anybody that kind of power. What I'm talking about wireless is everything nowadays your your cell phone towers that they call cell phone towers those are not cell phone towers those are wind manifolds that can direct the wind if you can direct the wind control the wind direction you can control the weather i've been hearing everybody talk about fake news fake the weather is the fakest thing we have and when I'm getting 11 inches inside of two months in Arizona, when we're supposed to get less than an inch a year, there's a serious problem. Uh, this is serious. This is what changed our country. Ever since the new Green Deal was sent in in 08, we have had nothing but destruction. And these, this storm that happened in Kentucky, unfortunately, I'm telling the truth. Jesus is my king, and I will always tell the truth. I need people to pay attention. Wireless is like you push the door out, bell out in the street, your, your bell rings. That's what they're doing to control the weather. 
And you guys need to pay attention to what's going on in the sky. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Den Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. That's, what, what, is, what does Donald Trump have to say about that? You know, it's called science. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> I, sometimes when I listen to that show, there will be a caller, and I'm like, that's the guy. That's the words of Redneck Wisdom this week. Towers are wind manifolds that are controlling the weather. And when you ring your, I guess, ring doorbell from the street, that's, uh, that's how they control the weather wirelessly. Yeah. What was that again, Donald? You know, it's called science. Thank you, Donald. Um, it is what it is. Yes, it is. It is what it is. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gives you a good chuckle. Hope it gave you a good chuckle as well. Let, let's let's bring our first caller back on the line because, um, you know, you've been waiting patiently and, and you know, um, I would maybe like to kind of swing back eventually to whether or not why why is Joe Manchin a Democrat because that was supposed to be the main topic of the show, but we can still talk about the other things as well. So welcome back. Um, thank you for holding on. Um, any any additional thoughts that you might have? Actually, I I, I really just like your uh, the caller after. I thought he was the best fucking the best guy there is. <laughs> I figured I you would you would. I, I figured yeah, you would whatever, like him. Whatever he's running for, I'm voting. <laughs> there you go. So, well, let's get you both on, so y'all can y'all can uh, yeah, yeah, talk about your potential together. campaign. Uh, you you want to run for <laughs> office one day? I'm, I'm gonna go VP by him, right next to him. All right. So we got we got a future presidential ticket. Look, hey. I'll tell you what. I'd rather both of y'all over Donald Trump. So if, if, if I'd rather end up with, with both of y'all as as uh, as uh, president vice as the nominate nominees for uh, president vice president for the Republican Party than Trump and DeSantis. I'll, I'll tell you that. Oh, no, right. don't, don't 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 mark DeSantis, man. That's the next Reagan. Better, that guy's going to be dominant, man. You Democrats, oh, yeah. you guys are going to hate him. What, what more than you'll hate Trump? Believe me when I tell you that. In, in, oh yeah, DeSantis twenty twenty eight. Now look, here's, but, here's uh, one thing I but, don't get with DeSantis, and here's one thing I don't understand with conservatives and DeSantis, and it's a bit of hypocrisy yeah. on on part on DeSantis and on the now. To me, conservatives are supposed to be small government, like hands off businesses. Businesses should be able to do well, that, what they want what to the do. But he's not. He's not. He, he he tried to tell businesses that they can't put, and, and say you have to have a mask to come into my to come into my establishment. No, he, Shouldn't he a business? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, no, that's, that's no. what he's pushing. But no. liberal, no, liberal, Dan, come on now. Listen, listen. You, you you can't. When it comes to DeSantis, that's a losing argument for a left because what he's done in Florida, the left has no chance of winning Florida now for the next couple years because of him. If you if you look at the polls there, the support he has, it, it's a wrap. Florida went from a 50-50 state to a 75% for Republican state now. It's, it's it's completely gone because of it. And to underestimate this guy, the reason what him and Trump have, which the left refuses to acknowledge and why the right like these guys, is they're fighters. They're not cowards like most Republicans are, and they're not afraid of the liberal media, which in order to win, in order to push a conservative agenda, you have to be, have some courage and a willingness to fight 
the liberal corporate media, which for you guys on the left, you've got you've got most of the media behind you. I mean, you've got well, here's New York the thing, Times, here's the thing, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC News. I can keep going down the list. Every major news outlet, with the exception of Fox News and the Wall Street Journal, is pro-Democrat. That's undeniable. Harvard's done studies on it. Columbia's done studies on it. It's been clearly demonstrated. Anyone with two eyes and two ears can see that and hear that. So you guys have a massive advantage in the, in the, when it comes to the, the, the information. But you just completely the changed the subject, though. I don't, I don't underestimate DeSantis. I understand that he's very popular. I understand conservatives love him. I'm just trying to figure out why. When when it comes, to, I mean, yeah, you like you because he stands up to Biden. You understand? You know, you love the fact that he no, stands, up stands up to Biden. No, not stands up to Biden. No, 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 no. I'm not, we don't need a, we don't we don't need a Republican to stand up to Biden. That's not that's not difficult. Anybody can do that. What we need is a is a Republican or a conservative that can stand up against the onslaught that the liberal corporate media is going to do to you. Any Republican that gets out of line that tries to push a conservative agenda will be demonized. His family will be demonized. He'll be attacked yeah. viciously. Yeah. Now, does that person have the courage to withstand that and to fight back, or are they going to fold up like a lawn chair like 95% of Republicans always do? That's why but that's Trump not, that's not my point. has galvanized my the point, right. My point here is, shouldn't a, under, under conservative thought, shouldn't a business be able to say, I only want to have people in my, you know, who come into my business, uh, they, you have to wear a mask, and if you don't wear a mask, you have to leave. Isn't that a conservative? Would a conservative say a business should have the ability to do that? No, 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 not in that's, this regard. Okay, let, let's let's no, be clear. No, the mask no, thing, no. thing is a political statement. It has nothing to do with medic, med, med, medical issues or anything. We know that COVID goes through a mask. Unless, unless you have a no, N95 no, mask. No, regard, regard, no, no, no. Wait, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put you on mute because I, we'll come back to you. But I'm gonna have to put you on mute because whether or not masking is effective. Now, we, we can have a – I'm going to still continue to agree that masking is effective in preventing the spread to other people. Not, they won't, it's not a 100% guarantee, but it will help you, per, help you be less likely to spread it to other people well, if you have it. So if a business wants to off? say – You're not off now. I, 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 I muted okay. the other one. Um, if uh, a business well, – no, that, That's the difference between uh, uh, conservative – conservatives and libertarians, I believe that the the market should dictate. If nobody wants to go to his stores or nobody wants to go to his places, that's their business. Right. But that's the thing. So then the market this, dictates this, it. So then, so, that, so then if a business that, also wanted to say – the market. If a business also wanted to say you need to be you need to show a vaccination card to be able to come into that's our establishment again, I will not go to that. I will not go to that business. I will find right, and that's business. fine. But DeSantis specifically is is making it so that businesses can't do that when when oh, a. No. So what he's doing is he, he's exercising he's exercising everybody's right to free market. No, he's not. He's not because he's saying that businesses are not allowed to do that. No, he's, no, he's, he's preventing... only saying state institutions can't do that. No, 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 I'm no. Sorry, schools are run by the state, dude. If you don't I, I'm not talking about the schools. I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about, I'm talking about like what he did when it came to like cruise ships. You know, he, he wouldn't allow cruise ships to operate in his, in Florida if they were going to require masking and vaccinations. You know, he was telling cruise ship companies that they couldn't operate 
in the state. So go get, get a cruise ship out of New York. Fine. But no, but that's but that's that's hypocritical because if if you're conservative, you're supporting a free market. You should say the cruise ship should be able to say whether or not well, they want to no, allow. Him and his constituents have have a belief, and they're following the belief. The so you're for tyranny, just you're just for statewide tyranny instead of federal tyranny, right? Where's the tyranny there? Because because they're telling you how to live your life. They're telling businesses how to run themselves. You're just no, you're no, telling, they're telling you. you can't. They're telling everybody that you can't tell anybody how to live their life. No, you're, you're no, you're telling That's a business. You're telling he's telling a business that they can't set up a policy for themselves that say this is what we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We want to be able no, to no, no. require that anybody who's going to be anybody. Wait, no, 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 I'll have to mute you as well. This, this is what DeSantis has done in his state. He has said that if, if you want to operate a cruise ship out of a port of Florida, that you have to not impose mask mandates or vaccine mandates or whatever. You, that, that's telling a business that they can't operate in the way. So conservatives say all the time that we want business government to get out of the way of business until those businesses start doing things that those conservatives don't like, at which point conservatives have no problem using the power of the state to come down on them and say, no, you can't do this. That's hypocrisy. That is absolute hypocrisy, regardless of whether or not DeSantis was. Now, DeSantis is free, and, and the state of government, state of Florida, is free to say, look, we are not going to require masks in our government buildings. We are not going to require masks in our schools. We are not going to require to, 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 to have – they can say there's no mask requirements. But what they're going beyond that, they're telling private businesses that those private businesses cannot – implement their own safety rules, their own sets of things that they feel is the right. They are there is not free market. You, you know, conservatives will say, I we believe in the free market, but no, this is not free market. This is not free market capitalism because you're telling those businesses that they are not allowed to do what they feel that they need to do in order to, for them to have their, to have their employees feel safe in order to have, you know, their, their other customers feel safe. You want to run up. If you, if you, if you were really, believed in conservatism and what and 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 you really believed in the idea of a free market then you should be telling then you should not be telling these people these businesses that they can't implement whatever policies that they deem necessary you should be telling them fine you want to have you want to have a rule that says you have to wear a mask fine you deal with the consequences of whatever customers are going to come in or not going to come in you want to have a vaccine requirement for customers or for, for your employees fine you can implement that and then you'll deal with the repercussions if you lose customers because customers don't want to be vaccinated then they'd rather go somewhere else where they don't where they don't have to be vaccinated that would be not hypocritical but no DeSantis is a huge hypocrite when it comes to that because he and I, and I, I don't want to hear on this particular issue on how effective vaccines are I don't want to hear on this issue how effective masking is because that's, not, that's irrelevant to whether or not a business should be able to set up safety standards for themselves. And, and what they feel is they won't want what they believe is comfortable, what they believe is safe, what they believe is protecting of their employees and their customers and themselves. And DeSantis, by him requiring businesses not do that, is hypocritical, is absolutely hypocritical. And conservatives supporting DeSantis for doing that shows that you're not for 
open markets. You're not for free markets. You're for pushing your beliefs on others. And that's and you then cannot call out liberals for doing the same thing. I'm going to bring you both back on for your comments. All right. Well, um, what I would comment about that is he did not, uh, and, and you can look this up, he did not say that uh, cruises cannot have people for whatever reason. He said that he will not allow the port to demand vaccines, the ports, not the ships, not the businesses, the ports. I'm reading from this right here from the FloridaPhoenix.com. The DeSantis administration is okay with all that as long as cruise lines don't demand vaccination proof. Well, that's that's because they run out of the ports. That's what his main thing was. They cannot that's do the it cruise because line. the ports are run by the state. They can do whatever they want because you can't buy a ticket unless they decide that they're going to sell you a ticket. So they have freedom to sell whoever they want. He said you cannot allow it at the ports. Was he wrong for that? Yes, it's hypocritical. No, he said at the ports. He said it's a state run. It's state run. The ports are state run, but, the, but still the, the, the cruise. But he's telling the cruise ship company that they can't require a vaccine to get on board. That's fine. So. Fucking Yo, ship them out of fuck out of out of South Carolina. That's fine. <laughs> but, but you will not you will not demand a a vaccine passport. You can make the same argument. You can make the same argument for like, oh, you're using a state funded road, so therefore you can't require. So then a lo- your local piggly wiggly can't allow or whatever can't allow can't have a, a, va- a masking requirement to enter their stores. What is a piggly like, wiggly? Yeah, but but Dan, we, we, we've we've already established that the vaccine requirement thing is already it's basically pointless at this point. You already that, that's, that's you irrelevant. Want to require again, a negative, a negative test would be okay. That makes sense, but. Requiring a vaccine is irrelevant now because we know that even if you're fully vaccinated, you can still get COVID and transmit to other people, which but was the whole point of the point. requiring people it's to a... be vaccinated in the first place to enter a certain establishment. It was because but that's was irrelevant to the point I'm making. No, I, I understand. I, I get your point you're making. I'm just saying the whole concept of requiring a vaccine passport and all that is now basically antiquated based on what we know now. I mean, that's but based on what we knew six months ago. DeSantis is telling businesses, private businesses, beyond cruise ships, that they're not allowed to implement these things on their oh, yeah, customers. On that point, I agree with you. I agree with you on that point. No, I, no, I think that's said, a he, no, by no, DeSantis. No, no, he said, he said state. Thing. No, see, he said businesses, too. If you own a convenience store, you're allowed to do whatever you want. He never said that. So he that's did. a lie, Dan. Wait, wait, wait. Look, no, let's, let's well, be clear. Of, Are you saying that all, the defense is something the that I believe is true, so it can, that can't be a lie. If I believe something is true when I say it, it cannot be a lie by definition. If you prove me wrong, I'll, I'll admit that, sir, that I was if you wrong. Believe in the fucking, if you believe in a tooth fairy, it doesn't make it true, bro. I, I know, but no, I'm just saying it's not I, a lie. I think, I think he's asking, was he believe that it's right or wrong? So if, if he's saying that it's wrong for DeSantis to tell companies that they can't enforce a mask, but you know, mandate or a rule in the room. I, th- I think he has actually. I think that's actually policy. No, no. He said he said anything controlled by the state will not allow a vaccine mandate. No, no, no. I'm talking about the mask mandate. If you got a hot dog stand or a strip club, you can do whatever you want. You can refuse whoever you want. Okay, so let me make sure. So, Dan, Dan, did you say? Done. Well, so Dan, did you say that DeSantis 
put a policy in saying companies cannot force you to wear a mask in their co- in their business? Or what, what, what was your point? I believe that that's that is that that is true. I believe that DeSantis has done said that there are private businesses beyond. I, I know he said it for cruise ships, but he doesn't want not, cruise not ships. Not one time. No, the tr- no, he said he nothing. Does, will he, I literally decided his, his administration saying that cruise ships can't have vaccine mandates. Now, I that's believe not, other not he has other. But, but what what if if it's like out the of a port or if it's, out, if it's on a state-run road? What's the difference? So they, can, they, 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 can, they can sail out of, out of Georgia, no problem. But that's not the point. That, that's, that's a, well, no, because that's, that, that, that's homeland security issues. You do understand the ports are homeland security issues. So he controls homeland security. That's his business. Yeah, he can government. control the port, but that doesn't necessarily. But what does what does a, a, a cruise ship company requiring a vaccine of? mandate? What what well, is a cruise because, ship no, company? You can't do that. You cannot require a vaccine mandate. At, you cannot have that uh, at the port because that's controlled by the state. What does that have to do with homeland security? What does that have to do with Homeland Security? No, you guys are arguing well, separate things. Matter. He's talking about the port. You're him. talking about you're talking about the cruise business, ships, dude. the private business. Right. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the cruise ships. Obviously, use the port, just like just like right. private businesses no, use. No, I'm, I'm saying state I'm saying you're both, you're both right so for, he's for he's the, the different points you're making. He's the governor of Florida. He runs Florida. So what he's saying is you cannot require that because that's part of the government of Florida. That's the Florida governs the Everything that goes out of the port. Well, the cruise ships can't require yeah, a mask or a vaccine to enter the cruise. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, the cruise yeah, ship yeah, company. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Hold so, on. Let me. Let open, me. If you want to I'm gonna have to mute shop. again. I'm gonna have to mute again because I need to get my point across. The cruise ship companies are not saying that you need. The cruise ship companies cannot say that you need a ma- You need to wear a mask or have a vaccine to enter a port. Clearly, that's that's not anything that's within any realm of what they did not say that if, if DeSantis wants people running around the ports without vaccines or without masks fine DeSantis can do that all he wants it's a, it's a state-run thing but DeSantis is also saying that the cruise ships themselves cannot require you to be vaccinated to enter the ship and that's the problem that's the hypocrisy there the hypocrisy is that DeSantis is is telling is, is telling these businesses that they can't implement policies that they want to implement, which is hypocritical when it comes to conservatism. We do have a third caller on the line, so we're going to bring the third caller on. Hello, caller. Where are you calling from? Or Skyping from, I should probably guess. Yeah, I'm everywhere, man. It doesn't matter. Uh, What's going on? (laughs) How are you doing today? Cool, man. Cool. I see you having the usual, uh, listening to the grievance party, air their usual grievances. It's a shame. Yes, it happens. This is my oh, friend yeah. from Atlanta, up, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, how's it going, man? One of the greatest Good to hear from you again. It, you know, I, I, I try, man. It is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the grievance party is now, after politicizing the idea of a pandemic, uh, they're continuing that. <laughs> we're getting the results right. we're getting. And now they want to argue about <laughs> all the details of that very idea. So, hey, man, it is what it is. We see the outcomes at this point. If we're still listening to conservatives and YouTubers, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, this country's in a bad place. 
elect more yeah. DeSantis and uh, people like him, and you know you'll get what you get. Absolutely, you are you are going to absolutely get what you get, and and if we treated Florida like we did the entire nation, I can only imagine how many deaths we would have in this country. And because you know people say herd immunity, herd immunity. Well, our first caller today had it twice, so herd you know having having antibodies it doesn't last forever. So you and you know uh-huh. he, he said he said that he wasn't very sick, and that's fine. I mean, I felt when when I think that I had it, I think I had it in January 2020. It wasn't confirmed by a test because we didn't have tests back then, um, you know. But I'm sure we had more than the 13 cases that we knew that we had back then. Um, I felt sick as a dog for like three days or four days before I went to the doctor, and he was like, "Well, take this medicine and you know, whatever." He's like, "You have a virus, but it's not the flu." And I was like, "Okay." And then thinking back to it, I was like, "Oh, I probably had COVID, but." I haven't gotten it again, but I also have been vaccinated and I have been doing things like socially distancing and masking and, you know, being generally responsible in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but unfortunately. I mean, which, which is helpful, but it's not a guarantee of anything. Like you could do everything no. right and somebody else's mistake could actually be the thing that, you know, gets you the virus. So, so it is what it is. This is how pandemics work. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, wait, let, let's let Donald oh, say it. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> Indeed. But but no, man, like the biggest, like I saw your title with uh, Manchin in it. And yeah. like the biggest thing with Manchin, like we got to ask ourselves this. If you win an area, but ideologically that area supports the other party as far as their thinking, how they vote, what, what matters to them, did you actually really win? So Manchin was always going to be a problem. I mean, this is similar to Joe Lieberman back in the day. So uh, this is a typical dim problem. And say what you want to say about that that rat faced murdering raggedy mf'er in Kentucky, uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, Mitch McConnell would have got folks in line. So when you look at the leadership of the Dem Party, who can't get people in line, uh, right. to pass overwhelmingly popular policy, uh, that's a failure of governance. Like there's no other well, way to say that. Mitch didn't get uh, um, John McCain in line when they tried to overturn the Affordable Care Act, which was you know. One of my favorite John McCain well, moments. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, there's a hanging chad there, if we're talking policy. There's a hanging chad there. They didn't yeah. have an actual plan that they really wanted to implement at the time either. So, so remember that. Right, that no. Part too. It was destroyed by They always said repeal is in place, but they never had anything to replace it with, except for some bizarre yeah. cockamamie thing that would, quote, allow businesses to violate the Tenth Amendment or – they say sell business, sell insurance across state lines, but in which case they would have which, had to. Which companies could already do if they wanted to, but they wouldn't because that would be a race to nowhere because then you would be what? Putting populations against each other and no right. insurance company is going to pick the people of Flint over the people of the, uh, of Kalamazoo. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's not how but you I mean, make Yeah, I mean, like there's, companies. they say insurance can't, insurance companies can't sell across state lines, but. Why is there Blue Cross Blue Shield of Maryland and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana, Blue Cross Blue Shield of all these other places? Because you have Blue Cross Blue Shield <laughs> selling in multiple states. So, hello. <laughs> right. Like, no matter what, with insurance, you're looking for healthy bodies. And the last right. thing you want to do is start dividing up areas based on the idea of, you know, age, health, uh, possibly. Right. The, the larger the pool, the better it is. Indeed. 
So we got to fix this some way. But but either way, man, interesting listening to you have your back and forth with them. Uh, one of the callers uh, who hates my guts, I, I'm sorry for beating you up so much over the years in conversation, sir. Uh, he knows who he is. But, uh, yeah, man, I just <laughs> wanted to call him for a second. I'll hang back and listen to y'all. All right. I appreciate you calling in. Have a good one, man. Good to hear for from sure. you. All right, I'm going to put him back on mute. Um, all right, we're going to come back to the other callers again just to go back to, uh, you know, because I was able to say what I wanted to say. Now, I may just go one at a time if it gets too unruly, but um, all right. So, like, do, do you understand my point about the whole, you know, yes, a cruise ship company can't force the 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 cruise right. terminal no, or, or I, the, I the port? I agree on that point 100%. I think okay. – I think I think um, as far as him telling a company, for example, private business that they can't require you to wear a mask, I think that's wrong. I'll agree with you on that point. Okay. But Good. that's that. Yeah, but that's a small. But that's the thing I wanted to actually talk about. Let's focus on sort of the general split in the country where we're going to. For the left, it's amazing how things have shifted for you guys completely. You know, and the confidence and the arrogance to me is kind of on. You know, at this point, I wouldn't. I don't know where it's based on because. After what we saw happen in Virginia and in, in New Jersey, if I was a Democrat, I'd be worried because all the polls, all the momentum is, is headed towards an absolute rebel work wave election in 22. That's going to be greater than what we saw in 2010. Well, what, one thing I don't understand about Democrats and being one, uh, you know, is that for some reason they believe that policies and or I, I usually word it that rights can, for some reason they think that rights can't be taken away in off year elections, but you know, again, policies, you know, can be implemented in, you know, in, or determined off-year elections. But, but for some reason, people don't come out all the time. Like, I vote in every election. I don't care what it's for. It could, there could just be a single ballot initiative that's just like a, an ordinance or a, or, a, or a tax levy or, or whatever, um, uh, whatever it's called. You know, it could be a bond issue or something about a local fire department. Or it might be president and everything down. I'm going to come out and vote because it's important to do it. I don't understand the mindset of people who only come out and vote in major elections, because if if you support what the top guys support, then they need the support of the people underneath as well. So to allow Virginia to flip to a red governor is just why, why would you not come out and vote? It it doesn't make any sense to me. There there should be more of a turnout. There was a good turnout. The issue at hand was that there was a lot of people that did vote, blue and 20 that changed their vote. I mean, even MSNBC Morning Joe did a whole breakdown of it, how you had a lot of suburban moms in some of the, I forget the exact name of the counties, but some of the counties near D.C. and Richmond that were heavily in favor of Biden in the 2020 election, that a lot of those voters changed their votes, and a lot of it had to do with some things they found out. So in 2020, I think Democrats and Biden benefited from the anti-Trump vote. And people just Clearly. voting purely based out of emotion, right? Now what happened in this election where people were voting on what they saw being done from a policy standpoint, let's take education as an example. Because of the COVID shutdown, a lot of parents got to actually see firsthand what was being taught to their children in schools. And they, got, and they became more aware of what school boards were trying to push. And despite the mainstream media trying to claim that Virginia was not going to or wasn't implementing aspects of critical race theory, they were doing that. In fact, the, the governor had already put in a mandate from crying that they implement that within the next year. But because, because of those things, those things, you pissed off people, and people turned, and then they went the other way. And then on top of that, we're seeing some of the other policies. 
Biden, remember, ran in 2020 as a moderate. Remember, he claimed he was not going to have a vaccine mandate. He was not going to embrace the radical left agenda. Remember, that was his whole thing in, in 2020. I'm the moderate. I'm going to be stable. I'm going to be the unifier. That was his whole motive. And then when he got in office, he essentially has gone to the left. All that, I'm a moderate. I'm not going to implement the vaccine mandate. All these different things that go down the list, whether it be inflation, whatever. All the polls have shown Biden and the Democrats are completely underwater and it's undeniable. NBC just put out a poll right now, I think two days ago, in conjunction with Marist and I believe, uh, I'm trying to think who's the third company, but it was three people did all, three companies did all together at the same time. Biden's approval, 41%. His disapproval amongst independents was around 76%. Amongst Hispanics, it was around 61%, the highest disapproval rate any Democrat has gotten in recent history amongst Hispanic voters. And I can go down the list. Everything is pointed towards you guys are going to be destroyed in next November. And even more than that, 40 polls are coming out where Trump is favored over Biden in 2024. And if Biden doesn't run, who are you guys going to run? Kamala Harris, who had an approval rating of 28? Kamala, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. But the point is, (laughs) what was our approval rating? 28%. It's even lower than Biden's. So you guys are totally stuck, man. I mean, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but the reality of the matter is Republicans are going to take the House back to you. That's obvious. I mean, that's a given. The Senate they're going to get by how much we'll find out. And in 2024, it's clearly going to be the Republican, whether it be Trump or Biden, will be the favorite. That's undeniable. I mean, at this moment, the polling backs up what you say. Of course, you know, I I do think that Democrats should have more of a spine when it comes to that. And the other problem is, of course, one of the problems that I've been dealing with with in in my video series um, or or before video series that I have on the GOP coup and the more detailed look that I have on um, gerrymandering in this country, um, which is, you know, looking at how each state gerrymanders, how each state draws its congressional districts and how, how many states fail to adequately represent their population as it pertains to, you know, Demo- right versus left, Democrat versus Republican in Congress. And even though I've only gotten to the seven, to the seven state, seven congressional district states, I still have to go the higher, do the higher ones. We've already seen that the Republicans have a disproportionate advantage, disproportionate say in control of Congress based off of the population in each of the states. Um, so you already have do, a situation. Do Democrats gerrymandered? I just said that, that they both do, yes. And and if you you, you okay, should watch good. the video series, I just series. want to make sure you clarify that. I just you want to make watch sure. the video series. I know I know a lot of liberals that oftentimes portray that gerrymandering being only a Republican phenomenon. Because take a state like Maryland, where the Democrats have gerrymandered every Republican out of existence. There, so I, you can go whatever state is getting controlled by the left, they'll do their thing. Which is by the right, they'll do their thing. Well, we'll get, we'll get to Maryland, but but overall, but overall, over in, in if you look at the entirety of this of all of the congressional districts in this country, um, and you and you compare them to like for example in each state as to how each state voted for president, um, which yeah. is the really only measure that you can look at because as I've determined while looking at the states is that some states the districts are so gerrymandered that some people don't even bother running from the other party, so you end up having like. You, you, you can't look at how many votes you got for Congress, for example, because one party might have a significant less amount of votes for Congress because one entire district didn't even have a candidate uh, for one of the yeah. two major parties. So you have to look at the, how they came out to vote for 
uh, the presidential elections. Like in Louisiana, um, which is a generally a red state, even though we have a, a Democratic Party governor, sort of. He's conservative, but you know he's pro-life, but he's you know um, generally speaking Democrat. I mean, conservatives I know will call him a liberal, even though he's signed one of the most um, conservative pro-life bills in the state in in the uh, in the nation. Uh, if, it, if Roe versus Wade ever gets overturned, that is. But um, if you just look at how Louisiana voted for for president, you know, or, or if you look at the party registration, even there's there should be two congressional districts in Louisiana uh, that are Democrats that that are that are represented by Democrats to adequately represent Louisiana in Congress. But they've packed all of the, many of the black voters into one major district. Uh, making it so that it's five to one instead of four to two. Um, so, but and there are other right, states. But like I, you've I, already I've, acknowledged that they does have it on both sides. Like take Michigan, right? It, What's the congresswoman? Um, as part of the squad, was it Talib or Taib? What was her last name? It could be Talib. I think Talib's Michigan. Oh, Talib, right. So take her district for example. No Republican even runs there. There's right. just a no contest district, right? So it happens on both sides. Like I said, it depends who controls the state. So take California. It, it, the Democrats in California, you think they're not going to try to gerrymander? You think they're not going to try to gerrymander Republican representation out of the way? Uh, of course they are. It's, well, just, I don't it's, think it's all a power grab. Both sides I are power grab. I agree with you 100%. Both sides are corrupt, and both sides engage in tactics to try to grow their power. That's the, you're not going to give me to disagree with you on that. What right. I'm trying to ask but, you but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Republicans have, because of the way that they gerrymander versus the way that the, the, the Democrats draw the district. Oh, and yeah, in some states, they control more of the country, obviously. But right? in some you know states, that, for I mean. example, Colorado is, is, relative, is generally speaking a blue state. It, it, it's, it's more like it, it, there's well, some purple there. Uh, but yeah. the districts are drawn in, by a bipartisan commission. So there are states that have bipartisan commissions that draw lines versus states where it's completely done by a by a simple majority vote of the legislature um so so th- those are, are big differences there like california like spoiler alert if you're going to watch the entirety of the video series once i get there at the end of the day california does have a disproportionate number of democratic seats compared to how many of the states voted for donald trump um the, but the but the thing with california is they also have a bipartisan commission that draws the district as compared to just being a simple majority vote, whereas many other states only have a simple majority vote um, where you have the potential of perhaps a governor who might be able to veto it. But in most cases, if you have if you have a legislature controlled by the Republicans, in many cases, you also have a Republican governor as well. So you're going to have states that have no Democratic representation that are completely red, even though there should be one or even two of, of those seats. Now, it's, does it happen on the right? On so, the what, 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 what would your remedy be? Are you saying that the federal government should intervene, or what? Are, I mean, this is obviously a state's rights issue, and if the state has that law in place, that's their that's their prerogative. So, are you saying the well, federal government should intervene, or what? Here's my nitpick on that term. There's no such thing as states' rights. States have powers as determined by the Tenth okay, Amendment. Okay, powers, whatever. People have okay, rights. Well, so that's people, my nitpick. Okay, on let's that. say let's say the state powers. But okay. the but the, but anyway, the federal we, government the federal government does have the power. power wait, wait, hold on. The federal government has the power under the 14th Amendment to make laws that would, in order to protect people, make sure that they have equal protection under the law, make sure that they that, that the states are not uh, disenfranchising them. 
14th Amendment clearly grants Congress that power to do so. So SB1, which I think is the the uh, the um, right, but, SB1, but remember elections are elections are determined on the state level. Right, elections are determined yeah, on a state I mean, level, but the federal government does have the authority to dictate certain things about how they run to make sure that states are, are right, following but that rules. Has, that has to be hashed out in court. I mean, you can say that, but ultimately, if it doesn't hold up in court, I don't think you know, like, you know, it's necessarily because just because things so happen to play out in, say, a Republican favor doesn't make it wrong. A lot of times, that seems to be the left arguing in a lot of positions where if your side does it, uh, it's fair play. If the Republicans do it, oh, you're never going to find me in that video series on that talking about how, um, how if it's okay for one and not the other. I'll never make that argument. It's not okay to gerrymander okay. either way. If you're way. consistent, then, uh, then I respect that. Then if that's the case, then I'm totally with you. Okay, no problem with that. But now, so, listen, so, that so I would that, encourage that, you to that, watch that, those that videos. What happened in Virginia and New Jersey and the, in the direction of the country politically right now. Why, why do you think that the polls and everything is turning so much against the Democrats and Biden? What do you think is the cause of that? I think that there's I – mean, I think a lot of people are upset that they voted for Biden to do certain things and they haven't gotten done. Um, unfortunately, part of the reason why they haven't gotten done is because of the fact that you have, you have what I consider to be people of bad faith in the Republican Party – who will just refuse to work with the Democrats on anything, when it, uh, on oh, anything of serious? substance. Did, did, did the Democrats work with Trump on anything when he was president? Of course not. Stop it. That, that's what the Democrats, I'm not, that, the Democrats that's not my have, question. My question is, why, why are the polls in the country, we're not talking about Republicans, why is the country turning against Democrats? That's the issue on the table. Because they're, blaming the Democrats, because they're blaming the Democrats for not doing what they wanted to do, even though it's the Republicans and Joe Manchin who are blocking much of it. And, yes, the Democrats did help Donald Trump during the pandemic pass you know, the legislation that got, like, you know, the PPP funding, that got the EIDL loans, that got uh, um, expanded no, that's, that's unemployment that, insurance. That was something that we didn't have to do anyway. I'm talking about actual no, they didn't have to do it. For example – when well, we talk about Trump's agenda, when we talk about Trump's agenda, they oppose them. Build Back Better is Biden's agenda. Republicans are going to oppose him because that's the Democrat agenda item. So when it comes to political partisan issues, the Democrats don't work with Republicans. Republicans don't work with Democrats. That's a fact. It doesn't matter who's on who. It would happen no, either I, way no matter what. That's the side I of can point. point it many the times through history is, that what, Democrats what I'm have. Ask you is this. What I'm going to ask you is this. Instead, instead of making this issue of trying to point at the Republicans, I'm being, being real here. Did Biden or the Democrats do anything from their actions or decisions they made that might have swung the pendulum to the right? Is there anything they've done? I mean, I'm sure there are people who have COVID fatigue who don't like the continued, um, you know, requirements that are being placed by, by the Biden administration on things that have to be done in order to fight the pandemic or things that are, I'm sure you might argue with have to be done, but things that the Biden administration oh, feels perfect, that... perfect. Let's, let's just go right there. Hold on. Before we move on. Did Biden promise he would not implement a vaccine mandate when he was running for office? Yes or no? Biden, Biden at one point said he didn't want to have... I think he said that he didn't want to have to do to put a vaccine mandate into place. Yeah, exactly. He made that. That was a promise. Because remember, that Trump and the Republicans were saying that that's what he was going to do, and he was trying to make it clear that's not what he was going to do. That's why he said that. Remember? I, I saw closely all the points that were made. And then what did he try to do with OSHA? Make it to where your employer could fire you for not being vaccinated 
Otherwise, they'd have to pay that fine, which is essentially a roundabout way of putting a mandate. You don't think that pissed off a lot of people? I'm sure it did, but, you know. It did, clearly. Okay, now let's go to number two, inflation. Does inflation or the rising gas prices, you think, have played any role in that, in some of the discontent with Democrats and Biden? I am sure that gas prices help with discontent, but how much does Biden have in, when it comes to presidents don't determine gas prices. So I, I would, I would argue. Oh, no, come on now, come on now, brother. Let's, let's be, let's be, let's be clear. You got, if we talk about consistency, which I respect that you, that you try to maintain consistency. When Trump was president, let's be honest, anything negative that happened, he was blamed for it, period. He was literally blamed for the people that died from COVID. I mean, let's, let's just get to it. Anything well, negative that took place in our country, he was directly put at fault for it. So now I that the shoe's on the other foot, let's not pretend that you can't be blamed for that. Wait, I have I'm said not on this accusing show. you of that, be clear. No, 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 but I'm saying, I'm saying is that I, I'm going to be consistent. I have said on this show that I don't blame Donald Trump for all of the COVID deaths, but I think that there are a significant set of deaths that are his, that if he would have done things differently, that, would, that were preventable. You know, I, I, no, I do I, think I that there... I respect you for that. I'm saying I also think that there are that did. I also think that there are deaths that are that are that are that are took place because of um, Cuomo. I think Cuomo has some hands that he's responsible for some deaths. Okay, no, no, but that's Newsom, not what I'm asking, sir. I'm, 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 right, I'm, I'm asking Okay, but now, I'm, I'm not I'm, talking about you personally. I'm talking about okay, the liberal corporate I'm, media that that pushes most of the leftist narrative, the Democrat narrative. When when Trump was in office, or especially when during the, during the election. Were they not trying to pin most of the COVID deaths on him? Did you not sense that? Uh, they were trying to put a lot of the COVID deaths on him. Uh, I, I think okay, they're... and now did Biden do that as well? Remember when Biden claimed that all the people that died were because of Trump? He said that repeatedly, including on the CNN town hall with Anderson Cooper. Did he Cooper. say did all, he or did he say that there was preventable deaths? Yeah, he deaths, did all. But... He said all. He said, he said none of those people would have died if it were not for Trump. Literal quote, exact quote from him. That's what he said on the CNN town hall with Anderson Cooper. And Anderson Cooper didn't, didn't push back at all. He just moved on like there's nothing wrong with that statement. So let's be clear. Now that the shoe's in the other foot, when negative things happen, now we've got to accept the fact that it's, it's fair to blame the president or hold them accountable for the party that's in control. I just think it's interesting how there's a spin being put. I don't know if you follow MSNBC, I don't know, but they have a, one of their hosts, Stephanie Wu. I don't know if you're familiar with who she is. Wait, hold on. I, I, I was, I was, repeat that again because I was looking up something that would. Uh... Okay, I, I was saying, are you, are, do you do you watch MSNBC or read their website at all? Are you familiar with that? Uh, MS, I, I occasionally watch MSNBC. Okay, and do you know who Stephanie Rule is, one of their anchors? Yes, yes. Okay, now what she says several times, and this, is what they, this is what I find fascinating, when the inflation started kicking up really bad, you know, like a month or two ago, and people were really starting to feel the impacts of it. MSNBC, and Stephanie Wu in particular, but MSNBC in general, started to put out articles saying that inflation is not really that bad and that it only, quote-unquote, hurts the rich and not, and not the poor. They literally started saying that. Now, I, I, I understand political spin to benefit your side politically, but that is, you'd have to acknowledge, that's insane, right? Exactly. Okay, so now, so now we've, we've got that clear. Whenever, whenever people on the left point out the ridiculousness of Fox, which I agree they're ridiculous a lot of times, let's also acknowledge that there's the equal counterpart of Fox exists called MSNBC. 
that pushes a left narrative and makes equally ridiculous claims and has ridiculous hosts like Rachel Maddow, just as Fox and Josh Sean Hannity. The left and right both have the same problems. And in this issue of hypocrisy, to me, when you talk about politically, I don't think it really you can't really use that argument because both sides are guilty of committing the same thing. So let's take the two, the 2016 and 2020 election. After 2020, Democrats and the liberal media were accusing Republicans of being a threat to democracy for questioning the election results, saying that there was fraud, what we saw on January 6th, all of that. And they ignored the fact that after 2016, let's remember 2016 what happened. All the, the left, the media, questioned the results of the election, said Trump was illegitimate, said there was Russian interference, that the election was not real, that the Russians changed votes. We had a $48 million investigation of Russian collusion, all of that. And these same people forget that and then turn around and blame the other side for doing the exact same thing they did. So both sides, if you're going to make this hypocritical argument, both sides are guilty. And I can go down the list. Any issue you raise about Republicans, whether it be politicians, voters, their news outlets, I can do the exact same thing to the left. So both sides are guilty of it. Now when it comes right, down and, to and, and and we'll talk- look. Okay, go ahead. But when I bring up when I bring up my problems that I have with conservatives, I also bring up problems that I have with liberals too. So, so, you know, yeah, you're gonna say you're not talking about me. You're talking about the rest of the media. But we're talking right now. We're on Liberal Dan Radio. We're not on the rest of the media. So I have I, I called for every single senator to resign when the whole crap with the filibuster first came up because you know the Republicans were like. We're going to use the nuclear option. The Democrats are like, no, you can't do that. That's not fair. And then the Democrats are like, well, we're going to use the nuclear option. And then the Republicans are like, no, you can't do that. That's not fair. So each of them were hypocrites when it came to it. So I was like, none of them are useful when it comes to that. They all they all prove themselves to be hypocritical when it comes to that issue. So uh, and I'll call every one of them out for doing that. so. And so, so would you would so, you say that MSNBC is just as ridiculous as Fox News as far as their bias and just ridiculous reporting that both sides do? I don't think so. I think that Fox, I mean, oh my now, goodness. Fox News has been. I think Fox News is even less is less ridiculous than like you know your OAN or Newsmax. But I've seen some. Oh yeah, well they don't you know, count. Oh, those guys are like too extreme. I'm talking about in the mainstream realm. There's there's clear I mean, bias on, man, on the you, part do of you think MSNBC. Rachel Maddow? Do, 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 do you think Rachel Maddow and Joy Reid serious? I mean, come on, man. I I, I mean I think Rachel Maddow has some very intellectual points that she makes, and you compare it to some of the oh other, like, Tucker Carlson. Oh, stop it, dude. Much, Come on, I think man. Rachel Maddow is much more trustworthy than Tucker Carlson, that's for darn sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude. But I've criticized Rachel Maddow on the show, too. I've debated you a lot of times. I think we agree on a lot of certain points. But come on, man. Rachel... Come on, man. Rachel Maddow, really? Uh, I'm surprised. I really, I thought you were the last person I thought that would be a fan of Rachel Maddow, to be honest. I, I never thought what, I'd hear you say that. I mean, I think it's awesome that she's on Batwoman, too, but, you know, that's, that's a whole different issue. Um, but the what, what, give me an example of something that Rachel Maddow has specifically done that makes her not somebody who I should – considered to oh, be let's like start, let's, let's, that's a huge list let's start the first one russian collusion she was probably the number one uh propagator of that whole narrative was russian collusion i mean that was her whole network from 2016 to 2018 that's all she talked about and when that completely fell apart 
she had no acknowledgement of the fact that she put out so many false statements and how she tried to back that the, the, the Trump dossier that as if it was legitimate when we all knew even back then that it was false and even now it's been proven so. And then let's talk about the fact when it came to Trump's tax returns, how that she had caught, that she had gotten legally. She tried to claim that it showed that Trump didn't pay his taxes, but then the other, but it in fact showed that he paid $35 million in 2005, which she conveniently didn't want to, conveniently didn't want to acknowledge, right? She tried to pretend like, oh, his tax returns showed they didn't pay any taxes when the, in fact the opposite was true. I can keep going on and on. But at the end of the day, when it comes to Maddow, Joy Reid, whatever, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, they're the exact same. They're just far left or far right partisans that only report what their side finds necessary and ignore what's inconvenient to their narrative. Would you not agree with that? I mean, did... I, I mean, y'all going to laugh again, but I, I, there, are, there, are, there are people, I, I think, I think, I, I, I've, I've listened to Fox News a lot. I, I, used, I used to watch Fox News a lot uh, because I thought it was important for myself to watch the other side more than it was to watch my own side. Um, okay. And then it got to a point where I just got sick of it. Um, now, I'll say the same thing about CNN. I got sick of CNN for, for a lot of the crap that I heard on CNN. She would tell CNN. I hardly ever watch CNN at all because I have problems with CNN and how CNN handles things. I, I, I don't have as much of an issue uh, with MSNBC as I would with Fox News. And, and are there people that are biased? Sure, absolutely. There's plenty of bias on MSNBC. And you have to watch those things, those shows, if you, if you agree, if, if you generally agree politically with the, the side that, that is airing their opinion shows, you have to you know, be able to strip out the opinion from, you know, from the, the facts and be able to discern the facts that are being reported. Um, and then you have to also be is able there, to, Is there again, anybody conservative on, on MSNBC that you can even name? I mean, I can at least name contributors that come on to Fox News that are clearly liberal. They don't even allow legitimate conservatives on MSNBC, period. They never let you on the air to even debate a topic. I think they had somebody well, I mean, honestly, today. Well, I don't, I don't remember the guy's see? name, but I know they had somebody on the, on the, on on today uh, that was that was discussing. Um, I think it was discussing the 2022 and 2024 elections and and the issues with Mansion and stuff like that. I don't remember his name, but he was well, a former was he Republican, Republican strategist. Or was he actual? He was okay, a yeah. He was a Republican. Different. That's he was different. a Republican. Like they have, he for was, example, they have Michael Steele. They have Michael Steele on the Morning Joe and on different shows on MSNBC all the time. But Michael Steele for lack of a better term, is an absolute rhino, right? I mean, he's anti-Trump. He, he, he essentially agrees with almost every leftist narrative push on MSNBC. So what they have is emasculated Republicans, yes, that are essentially... Well, well, you have a lot of people that are former Republicans. But I mean, do you have to support Trump to be a Republican? No, you got to at least that, be a legit that conservative the, that advocates for conservative issues and his pushbacks against the left, but they don't do that anymore on MSNBC. At least on Fox, They'll bring on a liberal who will actually argue their position and push back against the conservative side regularly, all the time. They have several contributors to that. MSNBC doesn't even let those people come on television. When's the last time Joy Reid or Rachel Maddow had a legitimate conservative even debate them on anything on air on their show? I can't speak to that. I mean, I don't watch. I don't watch. I watch. I watch more of the news during the day than I do the opinion pieces recently. Um, okay. Well, that's fair. But, but I mean, like, take, take Sean Hannity and, Ray, and uh, Tucker Carlson. You may disagree with both of them, but you've got to acknowledge the fact they regularly bring on liberals and leftists on to debate them on any number of issues. 
you may not think the debates are framed fairly, but at least they bring them on. I mean, they gave them that. That's better than MSNBC, which eventually, you know, has made it illegal to be a conservative on their network now. <laughs> Well, my experience watching, my, my experience when I did to, watch he Fox, has to publicly admit that to be a Republican anymore to stay on. My experience watching Fox News had been when they oftentimes when they allow a liberal to come on the show, it's one of the ones that'll help them prove their point. I.e., you know, like you know, when I used to try and call into like some of the nationally syndicated talk radio shows that are conservative, they would never let me on because I would tell them what point I want to make, and then they wouldn't. They would just wouldn't let me on, but they'd let the idiots call in because you can more easily deal with an idiot than you can deal with somebody who's trying to make a point, you know, that that's trying to, you know, make make a point that is that is, you know, at least intelligently thought up, if not, even if you don't agree with it. You know what I mean? Well, so, uh, what about Juan Williams as an example? Juan Williams is a Fox News contributor. He's been on. He's usually on all host of shows, anything from O'Reilly, Hannity, The Five, whatever you want to, whatever show that's on there. And he's a consistent Democrat who advocates for his side. You cannot show me a Juan Williams counterpart on MSNBC that is a regular contributor. But, but, but that's because you call all of them rhinos, though. You call them, you know, I was from Maryland. Ooh. Michael Steele was uh, Michael Steele was a, uh, as a Maryland Republican, but he's a Republican still. He just doesn't support Trump, and that causes Can a you, lot of no, people no, to no, go. No, 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 no. It's not an issue about Trump. Can you name me one conservative issue that Michael Steele advocates for on MSNBC? One agenda item that he advocates for. There is none. I've watched but Michael he's usually, Steele so well, many well, here's times the on Morning here's the Joe. He's usually on Morning Joe, and exactly. Joe, and, Joe and Mika are a bunch of just dullards. So I, I can't stand Joe and Mika. I can't. I can't bring myself no, to watch I, I them. I agree because, too. I, but I'm talking about Michael Steele as far as he's not. He doesn't actually advocate for conservative policies at all. He essentially agrees with whatever liberal take they have on there. He agrees with it. He never pushes back, whereas when you see Juan Williams on Fox, he always pushes back. I mean, I respect the fact that he always stands up for Democrat issues and policies, and he'll debate anybody on Fox with, you know, no problem, and you never see any issues. But there's no there's no counterparts like that on MSNBC, and I just think I think part of that, part of the reason why we have the problems we have in our country is because of the partisan echo chambers that exist, because at the end of the day, you and I have opposite views on a lot of issues, but I can I can look at you and say, you're you're well, your your motives are sincere and you genuinely want to solve problems and you just have a different set of solutions than I do. But the current okay. setup right now is turned into, if you're on the opposite side of me politically, your motives are evil, your 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 intentions are nefarious, you have some type of you know, ill means that you're trying to do and all that. That it's, it's the demonization of the other side that I think is, and it's. Primarily been by the left because you guys control everything. You control big tech. You have the majority of the media. You have the majority of education. You control most of pop culture. Every major sphere of influence is dominated by the left. The right well, has it's funny. It's funny that you say that we, we all control big tech though, because I hardly ever see my conservative friends getting Facebook jail sentences. For example, I was kicked off. Of, I was not kicked off, but I was put in Facebook jail for three times for saying well, very shit. minor things. Yeah, right. it happens to conservatives all the time, but Dan, just look at the articles. There's some off, articles on conservative censorship. I, I mean, I, I see conservatives. I, I, re, I report posts that, that were like, I got kicked off for calling someone a sheep, or not calling someone a sheep, calling somebody a plague rat, or I got... No, I got no, we, ba- we get kicked but, off but you, for you, life. 
yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Dan, you, you are aware of the fact that there's a lot of conservatives are censored, which is why they started things like Rumble and Getter and, you know, all the other different social media platforms. Right? I mean, you do know Except that. Parlor, we tried that. We tried the parlor thing. It's Your fun. spot. <laughs> right. But like, you I'm, I'm like, I mean, don't take my word for it. There's a lot of articles from liberal outlets that acknowledge that there's a lot of conservative censorship online. Yeah, I mean, you do acknowledge that, right? Sure, but there's been a lot of a lot of. Uh, I, I just think that there, there are liberals that also have to deal with this ridiculous censorship that comes from Facebook, and I've I've no. I've. Okay, I, I'll, I'll give you that, but I'll ask you. I'll ask you in all honesty, sir. Which which side gets more censorship done to them, the right or the left? I mean, they're probably more conservatives kicked off of Twitter than liberals. Sure. Thank you. Um, exactly. But, so, I mean, and, and the reason for that is well, we've already seen investigative you know, studies into this where it comes to the fact that the fact checkers or the people that are doing the censorship are run by mostly hardline leftists. I mean, Facebook well, in court, I don't know if you saw this ruling recently, the truth has a liberal admitted, bias. <laughs> they admitted that their fake checkers, their fact checkers are only used there based on opinion and not actual facts. They admitted that in court. So these political right. fact checkers were, more, were being motivated by their political opinion and biases, and they used that to silence their political opponents specifically in this last election, and they admitted that in court. So most of the censorship is done strictly for the less benefit. And so my, my point still stands. You know, well, you I mean, do know, because you have like, like, do, you consider, do, you, do you think Twitter is wrong for kicking Trump off of Twitter? Hell yeah. Well, Twitter's wrong for that because of what they claim to be. They claim to be, they claim to have, what is it, third-party publisher status, similar to what the, the telecommunications, like the phone system, phone lines have. When in okay. reality they they they're not because when they engage in censorship they take they're no longer a third party publisher anymore. So this is where the this is where the debate between Section 234 reform comes in where we had to decide what they really are. Now if they're going to argue we're a, we're a third party public we're, we're we're a private company and we control and moderate now they can be regulated in certain aspects and they can be sued for certain things. But as long as they try to have immunity through this whole oh we're the third party then they they can't do that. They have to choose what they are. That, that's where the issue comes in. So that's a separate debate all in itself together. But at the end of the day, they got rid of Trump when it was, when it was no longer convenient for them. Because they could have got rid of him when he was president, but he was making them a ton of money because he was bringing attention to Twitter. So, well, I, think, I think they kicked him off right before he stopped being – like, right, he was still president when they, when they kicked him off or when they stopped him from, when they stopped him from well, posting. Well, I mean, they, they were being pushed to do it before. But they, they, they just they it would it would have hurt them. I mean, it would have hurt them financially to do something. They they took a huge hit in the market when they did. But at the end of the day, they have to make a decision as to what they are before they can go forward with this nonsense, which will be hashed out in court. And once the Republicans get back in control, we're going to have a real debate over Section 230, and we'll get to the bottom of it. But the thing I'm trying to ask you, which I was trying to get you to be clear and on the record for, does the left, and by left I mean pro-Democrat coverage. Do you guys have the majority of the mainstream media, yes or no? Okay. Do you have the majority of what, we, what you could deem pop culture, whether it be Hollywood, television, music? Do you have the majority of the influencers in that sphere on your side politically, yes or no? Sure. Do you have the majority of the professors in universities and colleges advocating for a liberal-slash-Democrat side, yes or no? Uh, let's, let's clarify that. Are you asking if 
more professors okay, are let me, liberal let me like than this. conservatives Would you or say that are more the majority professors? of the professors yeah are, are most of the professors ideologically liberal or conservative would you consider the majority liberal I would probably say that most most people in academia are majority liberal. I don't know if they they are okay. using their positions to promote their liberalism, but you know oh, they definitely are. There's not. I don't know if you've been in university. Some do. Recently, some do. Look, are, I, I had I had okay. I had a, one of my one of my English well, teachers when I was a freshman at, at Tulane was a complete man hater. Like absolutely just well, bizarre, out out of the box, whatever. But I'm sure that there are guys, plenty of other people guys, who are liberals who don't. Hmm? I've, I've, I've been enjoying the show so much, but I literally have to go because I have family coming over right now from out of state. But we have 11 minutes so left I on the show. So I have to say goodbye. I love you guys. I just, want to, I just want to say one last thing before I go. Okay. Civil War ain't over. It's only halftime. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only kidding. Take care, guys. God bless you guys. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to you as well. All right, God bless, man. Have a good one. All right, so where we're at, we're at. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily believe. Like, I think that there are conservatives who have a problem with some things that are taught in academia um, because they view that those things that are being taught in academia are contrary to conservative points of view. But I don't necessarily think that that's necessarily an example of them, the professors, using their liberalism to promote a liberal agenda. I just think sometimes conservative agendas go against things like, you know, there are certain things that conservatives support that are, um, that just can be anti-science, um, especially the, the socially uh, conservative religious folks who don't want certain things, who view like the teaching of uh, evolution as something that's anti-conservative for example. So I think that there are examples where there, there, there may very well be teachers. I mean, you know, most of your, you know, women's studies classes are probably not going to be viewed in a positive light by, uh, by, by many conservatives that are out there because uh, it, it, it's contrary to what many of those conservatives believe or are trying to conserve. Um, but that, you know, but I'm sure that, but there is, there is a, uh, reason why many four-year universities have liberal arts requirements because they want you to have a well-rounded view and they want to listen to other sides. And so then sometimes that includes things like, you know, uh, liberal art. I don't know. I don't know why you're on hold. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know. For some reason you got put on hold and I didn't, unless you had to call back yeah, in. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I think, okay. I, I think my call dropped. I had to call back in. No problem. Okay. So I was like, I was very confused looking at the board. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't believe that, um, you know, but if, if generally speaking, I'm sure most of academia is liberal and, but I don't necessarily know. No, not just liberal though, percent- man, not just liberal. They, they are, they are, many of them are radical, hardcore Marxists. And I know this because of my, I have a younger sister who just went to college out in California and I can attest to the fact that's a fact, but there's a lot of studies on that. And the reason, I, the reason I brought this all up, Dan, is to think about this for a moment. You guys have such an advantage for Democrats. It's truly mind-blowing that you guys don't dominate elections. It really is. It just makes you wonder, like, some of your policies, in all due respect, they're just not that good, man. Because if, if your policies were as popular as you guys claim to be and were as solid as they were and so forth, and they're all great, and you have such a domination of all the spheres of influence, 
I mean, when you control news, uh, media, you control pop culture, you control education, you guys should be white. There shouldn't even be a Republican anywhere. We should be in the brink of extinction at this point. But for some reason, you guys keep getting your butts kicked. And I just well, wonder that... at some point you got to ask yourself, is there anything wrong with that we're doing that's maybe alienating the people that we're supposed to support, like the working class, like the fact that we have contempt for uneducated people, or we view religious people in, in such a contemptuous way, or, we, you know, we look down on them like there's this unwashed mass of people that are backwards because they have these traditional values that we view with such contempt. And I just wonder at some point, I feel like if you guys ever woke up and realized, oh, maybe we should actually embrace this working class that we claim to represent and not alienate, not, 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 not alienate these people with the fact that we're against their religion and their, their values and their tradition. And maybe instead of pushing identity politics that divides people, maybe we should push an economic message that can unite people regardless of their race and color, then we can form a voting block that be unstoppable. And then with our media and education support and all the pop culture we have, we would dominate. But for whatever reason, instead of doing that, you guys do the opposite. You 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 hate and make fun of uneducated people. You mock religious people, even though the majority of the working class happens to be religious. You basically push this identity politics nonsense, which divides people and pits people against one another. It's like you guys do everything that you shouldn't do if you were to actually try to win. Like if I was running the Democrat Party, I would have a completely different strategy. But for whatever reason you don't, I just wonder why, why is that? Well, part of the thing, like I think part of the reason, like, for example, I'm not going to mock somebody for being religious. I know, I, you know, I, and I don't see a lot of oh, people mocking people. come on, Danny. You've done that several times. You've clearly made fun of Christians. And you, I mean, come on. You know liberals do this when? all the time. When did I mock Christians? Like, in, I will, in, I will... In, the little, in the little clip you played about the guy talking about the, the towers, remember how we acknowledge oh, Jesus is king? And, and then you talked about earlier when we talked about the issue of... But that's of, the one uh, thing I didn't criticize him for. You, you, you said, you said one... religious people are going to be offended because of evolution being taught, and therefore they're going to feel like they're going to feel like the universities are well, anti-conservative. No, I said there are some religious conservatives that might be offended at that. Religious conservatives. That's not necessarily all religious well, yeah, people. You know, you I, was, I was raised Jewish. I was, I was ra- raised Jewish. I, I, I mean, I, I was raised Jewish, but I also was not raised to, to believe that evolution was contrary to um, to to the to the beliefs of, of of a creator either. That you could have a creator that that created things to evolve. Um, but there are there are people who you know are trying to legislate their religious beliefs and, and those are the people that we're being critical of. You know, those are the people who and, and, and there's, there's I nothing wrong with that. And, and, and Dan, you know what? There's nothing goes. wrong with that? Because the LGBT movement showed everybody on the right that that critique that the that the left used to make back in the eighties and nineties, remember when they when you guys used to critique the the Christian right and for Christians getting involved in politics? And what was the number one argument you guys made? Which I agreed with, which was it's not right to use politics to impose your views or beliefs on people who do not agree with you, would you would you agree that's that's that, that's correct? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that that you shouldn't be able to use your religious beliefs to force people to not do things like no, stopping no, no, no. That, gay that's marriage. That's not my point. I'm saying like you, the, the argument was that Christians should not use politics to impose their views and their beliefs on people who don't agree with them. Like for example, when we got rid of when we got rid of uh, school prayer. The argument for getting rid of school prayer was there are going to be students who are not religious or maybe believe in a different religion, so we shouldn't 
force them to do something that goes against their beliefs, right? That, that was the argument, correct? Okay. All right. So what, what's the and, 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 and so and, and that that's a valid argument. And the same thing was said about Christians in the 80s and 90s when they got involved in politics. Fast forward to today with the LGBT movement and how they've used politics to impose their views on people who don't agree with them, and we've seen being done in education and across the board. So what Christians have found out today but what, how is how what is the left said how back somebody, then Wait, is, wait. We only have about four it, minutes it, left. Okay. We only have four but minutes left. But it's a double left, standard. So. But, but how, so are you, who about for, how are people who are supporting equality for LGBTQA folks uh, imposing – like, are they forcing people to get to, – to have gender reassignment surgery? Are they forcing people to get married to somebody of the same sex? Like, are they stopping Oh, no, no, people? no. no. Let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear here. They're saying, for example, in education right now all across America, many schools are now teaching homosexuality and transgender to children, including – books to elementary kids that that graphically illustrate how to have anal sex. I know this is I'm a parent with young children. I'm very aware of this issue. It's something that I've been following very closely. I also happen to be an immigrant from Ethiopia and I'm well of the fact globally this happened under the Obama administration where America was trying to push African nations and nations in Asia and in the Middle East to teach homosexuality and to decriminalize homosexuality in their schools. So this agenda was being pushed globally, okay? Now, the issue I'm pointing out is the statement that was made by the left was don't impose your beliefs on people who do not agree with you, which was the, which was the rallying cry in the 80s and 90s against the Christian right. You fast forward to today, oh, it's okay, though, if you're LGBT to push your views and beliefs on people who don't agree with you because the left deemed your political beliefs your views, your values as acceptable, and the Christians are unacceptable. So now what we found out is it's a different set of rules for you guys than it's a different set of rules for us, just like we saw in the 2020 and the 2016 election. It's okay for your side to question an election or to question the results or call a president illegitimate, but when we do it, it's, it's treason, it's a crime against the country. Now we're a threat to democracy. The point I'm okay. trying to make to you is clear. I, I have when to cut you about... off there because we have about a minute left to go. I have a minute left to go before I have to play the show end. Uh, I do want to invite you to come on next Wednesday. I would love to continue this conversation. Um, I do think there's a huge difference in, you know, people who were disagreeing with the outcome of the election versus the people who literally invaded the Capitol. And we can have that discussion next week if you want. But, again, we have 90 seconds left in the show, and I, I, and I want to get the last thing. I want, I want to do remind everybody – uh, to check out, you know, the stop the coup at liberaldan.com. If you want to support uh, that effort, check out my videos. I have my videos on gerrymandering here up on YouTube, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. I also have um, the, the, the GOP coup series, which has four videos right now that talk about, you know, some of the things leading up to what happened and how since 2010, the Republicans have been manipulating the system in such a way so that they have a, a, a advantage that's much higher or, or, or much greater than what the Democrats have, despite the advantages that the Democrats might have in media and academia and so forth. But this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, if you uh, follow me here on YouTube, Blog Talk Radio, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, um, and it's the Anchor Podcast as well, which I might do another one of those shortly as well. Um, again, till next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.